Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 136. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, video games? We are here for our, the end of our ninth year. We fucking made it. Nine years of excellence. Nine That's years not even me exaggerating. Legitimately nine years. Holy shit. This is the start of our tenth year. I know. A decade of excellence. <laughs> we started in October 2013, and now here we are, October 2022. Look how much uh, smarter we are, how far we've come. <laughs> you know, I think both those things are true. They are, but I'm just, I'm laughing about it. Though, it's really funny that I feel like the 2013 version of you especially would just find us annoying about the things we value in video games. Um, well, in that I'm just like the annoying action game guy. Yes. Yeah, because I was looking at some, because I remember when, you know, when I started this and I was all about the small games and the possibilities of storytelling in games or whatever. And it's not that I don't value that. We're about to ta- talk about a video game that is all in on that. I do like it. Yeah. Um, but I've just gone the other way. I like I like when a video game is a video game. Um, uh, yeah, which, I mean, fundamentally, is... I think I think the thing that happened well, it, is we talk about a lot of like we don't really talk about books, but we read books and we talk about TV and movies and stuff. And so, um, for a video game to have a good story, it's got to compete with other media. And video games are really bad at that. <laughs> Especially, if, I mean, like that's true for the longer stuff for like the long yeah. form. Um, mm-hmm more studio games but i'm like i'm not even really playing the uh you know the small games itchios that i was back in the day i feel no. like i would look at myself slightly as a sellout which is not wrong <laughs> we've sold out for nothing <laughs> the only way we sold out is that we watch a lot of anime for money now um sure but you know i was doing those like columns looking at itchios and being like damn what exciting stuff there is and i don't really do that anymore which mm. i believe if i you know 2014 me would definitely think of this as a little little cowardly um but whatever i'm reading anime i'm reading manga now i mean the actual thing that happened is when we started it was like we're gonna be tastemakers and find all the interesting stuff that everyone's forgotten and um neither of us have the energy to do that work and that work's become increasingly difficult to do and requires more than two people um, we've talked about plenty of times and it's also just like not in neither of our sensibilities we're not really tastemakers in any way and not even in like an aspirate like, first of all we don't have the size of an audience to be a tastemaker yeah uh, but not even aspirationally like we're not really shining lights on things we're just doing the criticism of things we find interesting um, yeah, that's true uh, we've made yeah, I, we made so many people fans of live alive uh before the oh, remake came we're, out you we're know doing we're it. doing taste making we are bringing square enix snes rpgs into the light no one but us the better ones traveled, we're bringing better ones than the ones that are already in the light has like, traveled get these hallowed grounds before taste makers uh, you know what i think i think we've done all right i think it's fine i don't I'm think you say- need to feel bad about the tastes we've made I'm not saying I don't feel bad, but you started the conversation with you would probably think of us as as uh, losers now, and I was like, I guess it's a little true. I was a bit of an asshole in 2014 in a different way than I am now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's it. I don't know. I'm like starting to think like, oh, should we do something for a 10 year? And we probably won't. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Probably won't. But maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> we'll do something. We'll record yeah. a podcast. We'll, well, yeah. That's the thing. Is like, what would we do for an episode? Because I don't want to like not do a game club. It's it's, it's what we do here. Um, no, it would have to be a single game. It's not going to be but like there a isn't different... any. There isn't anything, right? Like we already did that with Halo. It's gone. We fucking did it. <laughs> I mean, there is every chance that this decision may be made for us by uh, a certain producer. What are you talking about? I'm saying that there might be a certain game releasing on October 20, 2023. Oh, it'd have to release in September. It'd have to release in September. We're not, we're not going to try to cram it in less than a month. Um, 
but that that is a possibility that final fantasy 16 comes out and we go we're not going to yeah. play it otherwise i'm just gonna, I'm to just gonna say oh, we we intend to do a final fantasy 16 episode probably unless something happens um because otherwise i'll just drag my feet on playing it and i don't want to do that yeah i mean have we spoken on this podcast about the concepts of every two weeks of normal mapping which is not doesn't mean that it doesn't mean the episodes are coming out every two weeks it's not no. quite what it means i don't know i don't know maybe we did early a couple months ago who can say but we haven't. We have a long episode. Po- we should probably just wait. <laughs> well, whatever. Don't worry about it. We're changing up slightly how we do things next year, but in in a way you don't have to worry about. It mostly affects the anime side of things. Yeah. Uh, there will still be a game club every month. All it means is occasionally we will do more indulgent things like play Final Fantasy sixteen. Uh, what it actually means is we'll finally get a Nights in a Dreams episode on this channel. That's my fondest That's- hope. That is your. Fun. I mean, it's easy. You say, "Hey, let's play Night into Dreams." Yeah, but it's not enough for it. When there's only one a month, it's not Steam big enough. Take out decks and play Night into Dreams. Uh oh, yeah, I guess fine. Jackson, what have you done this month, video game wise? I've finished um, Parasite Eve. I played the back half of Parasite Eve. So um, it's the lesser half of Parasite Eve, unfortunately. And so I came off of Parasite Eve going, that wasn't very good. And everyone, everyone fucking yelled at me. The entire internet rose up and told me to shut the fuck up. I knew um, this would happen, but I I, I, uh, I also rolled my eyes. <laughs> Even though you're, the back half of Parasite Eve is not as good as the first half. I totally agree with this. Maybe I would be higher on, on it if I played both halves together. Because I, I really enjoyed the first half. I remember enjoying it. But then I played the yeah. second half and was like, this story fucking sucks. Uh, there's like I like the characters. But then it, it, I'm just getting the one anime plot happening to me. Um, but then, you know, anyone who remembers me talking about this will remember that I did read the novel first. And you know what? That novel, also the one anime plot. So it's accurate to the source material. It wasn't the JRPG developers coming in and just doing their thing. It, apparently, it was always this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, yeah i ended up like the actual back half of the, the plot and all the stuff about mitochondria and the ultimate species and just doing the one thing again was a bit boring but um i still enjoyed it well enough i just didn't think the uh battle system and the jrpg-ness was like interesting in the end it was just kind of slow um and was there wasn't any like tactics to it because you're trying to like badly dodge things on this ps1 game um i mean the problem like... with the problem with like the way in which it's an rpg with guns is you've already played kadelka which is a much better rpg with guns i mean that's a turn-based rpg that is far yes. more focused on the um survival horror but like in terms of like crunchy ps1 games that do this vibe they are they are not dissimilar no but like kadelka is much better about using you No, know, that's what i mean doors. you've already you've already played a better version of the thing that parasite eve is doing parasite eve's slick there's a difference yeah, and I still like it's got incredible background art, right? It's square at the height of its powers. Yes, uh, I I like the characters well enough. Um, although, I, so I didn't like the plot of the ending. I did really like the final ending cutscene, which just has a thing that I miss from these games, which is that I am sure there is a very logical explanation to what happens in that final scene, uh, but because it is. Um, Square Enix on the PlayStation 1, there's no voice acting to actually explain it, so you just get cool images at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, which is like, you know, they do that in uh, Final Fantasy VIII especially. A little bit in Seven, but not as much. Final Fantasy VIII really goes hard on that. Yep. Uh, you just get these weird, mostly abstract cinematics. They can't have voice acting. They just have to go all in on images. And by the time they've got voice acting, that's just like gone out the window. They were never trying to do that. The ending of Final Fantasy VIII might be the greatest cutscene Square Enix has ever produced. That might be true. Yeah. What else is even up there? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I genuinely no idea. The uh, attack on Dalit. I don't know. Like, no, it's not as cool as the ending. It, it's a top ten is literally like like seven of those ten are probably from Final Fantasy VIII. That's the worst part. Just peak of their powers. Never better. There's, there's a few from seven. There's there's definitely some cool CGI's in um in Parasite Eve as well. I know like uh 
all the money goes to the Final Fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, but there's that. There's the bit where like the the uh, helicopters attack in the middle of New York and like cross cuts to the moon. That's a sick cutscene. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, that's fine. But yeah, that, that's what I did this month. Because like I say, not gaming as much as I have been because of my wrist. But it's um been a little better lately. Uh, kind of up and down. Do you know doing what I can, trying to get to a stable place where I can at least play some games for the fucking podcasts. But yeah. definitely not gaming as much as I was earlier in the year. Uh. Pokemon comes out in a month, so um, I do a die time. I'm either going to play Pokemon Sun and Sword this week, or I will just not do it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a thing that you have got. I want a Steam month. Deck. I don't have it. I ha- it's in the, it's it. in the ho- it's in Holland. It's in the Netherlands. Yeah, <laughs> but I did order a Steam Deck because everyone else ordered a Steam Deck. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this is friend of the show Olivia and Jen's fault. Uh. <laughs> in my friend group as they both got steam decks at because like we had reservations we both had reservations and they kind of came and went and we both were like nah Um, typically we both had reservations for the expensive one because when we were reserving it it was like whatever if i'm gonna go in i'll go in all the way and then i saw it i was like no i'm not gonna fucking buy that you kidding that's so much money um Um, and then the reservation queue dried up almost immediately after we let our reservations go yes (laughs) and then uh, jen and olivia both had um got steam decks and i was like oh you know um and i had a bad week and it was my birthday it's my birthday uh the day this comes this will be out on thursday it's my birthday happy birthday me happy birthday 37 years old which seems like an impossibly big number honestly but i don't 37 i don't think about it i guess right it's the clerk's number in a row in a row in fact i had 37 (laughs) years in a row there were no years off unfortunately i've been asking for one every year for my birthday and i've never gotten one (laughs) The same age as Carly Rae Jepsen. That's true. Yeah, I don't really listen to her music, so I, I have no perce- perception of her as a person. She she's born in November, so she, okay. you'll be like a month ahead of her. But yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. so I got a Steam Deck. I have mine. I've set it up and <laughs> immediately like replaced the hard drive with a bigger one, just because I like opening up my handheld devices because I'm a weirdo like that now. Um, and then I also put a big SD card in it, so. You know what? That's 37 mode to me, is being the person who opens up their (laughs) Steam Deck. It's really easy. It's just like normal screws. Like, they just built it for people to open up if they want to. It's great. Uh, Yeah. No, it seems sick. The Steam Deck seems like a sick device. My original intent was to wait for, like, the Steam Deck 2, right? Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Because I was like, it's it's almost there, but I know the next one will be slightly slimmer, slightly have better battery and just run things better and just like mm-hmm. proton will also in the time just even mature and run things better um uh but then i was weak and uh, i bought a steam deck with <laughs> and now i have to replace my computer because of other crises so <laughs> oh yeah this podcast stayed. almost didn't happen today so <laughs> yeah so uh my advice to you is do not d- do impulse purchases like this in the year 2022 while the global economy is collapsing um but oh. we did so whoops in my global economy damn uh Anyway, um, nothing to say about that other than, like, we will be maybe covering more PC games than we have been. Uh, especially if you've got a new computer. Damn. Killing it. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, like, next one's... No, next one's game is not a computer game. Uh, you'll be playing it on a computer, probably, but... I, I might know. be playing that on the Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Given the events of today, of less than an hour ago, that might not be yeah. on my computer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, gaming stuff for me. Uh, 
screaming. Let's, let's clear off an hour. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go. I'm, let's bring out the. I'm bringing out. I'm doing the comedy thing. I'm bringing out like a scroll, and the scroll just goes down and down and down and down and down. So I played Castlevania Bloodlines for the like Sega Mega Drive. That was this month. That was the end of last month, but we'd already recorded our last episode. Oh God. <laughs> um, which I had never played. And I remember like when Vinny Vania and Giant Bomb played it, like Vinny was like very down on it. Um, I, I've only seen the clips. I had not watched the full video because I was going to play it someday. And I remember them kind of goofing on it being kind of silly. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, it is very silly, but I think this is one of the best two like action Vanias you could play. I think it's fucking sick. Um, it's like six stage. I think it's just six stages. The last one's really long. Um, but um, you know the way in Super Castlevania 4 where they are showing off the Super Nintendo so they just do a bunch of like ridiculous shit with mode 7 scaling and the spinning tube and the big area that rotates and nonsense. You know, you've played it. I, I know, I know. Um, what if you, what if you did all that on a console that couldn't do any of it, but you just did it anyway? <laughs> sure, let's fucking go. What if we just ported all the music over to the Genesis sound chip? Yeah, the music's ridiculous. Um, the story of this one is, um, I guess she's meant to be like an Elizabeth Bathory type or whatever. Um, it's like Dracula's cousin wants to resurrect Dracula. So she's basically started World War One to cause enough death to, to summon Dracula, bring him back to life. It happens. Um, and so you're playing as um, the guy with the spear who I played a little bit as, but I mostly played as the main guy who's... Uh, I think it's he, it's Quincy Morris, is that his name? Is that the guy from Dracula? Anyway, he's related to the guy from Dracula. This is the game that ties into Dracula the novel. Bram Stoker book, one of my favorite books. Um, and you go through, you go like on a tour of Europe. Every stage is of like a place in Europe. You go like uh, Marseille and you go to like the Tower of Pisa. And uh, you did, like every stage is one of those. Um, and it's ridiculous. And it's full of gimmicks. Um the the there's one where you're in like venice and the water or, no it might be the greek one where the water level is just raising and lowering it's like a cool water level there's like a reflection of the stage in the water um the tower of pisa one you're climbing up the tower and there's all this like really bad rotations like sprite scaling going on it's so yeah cool. yeah I love it. yeah um, i think this game's incredible i absolutely recommend anyone who has not played castlevania bloodlines but castlevania bloodlines i loved it wasn't expecting to. It means means it's finally time to give Rondo of Blood another chance. Because when I played Rondo of Blood, I extremely did not like it. Uh, yeah, Rondo of Blood is like thought of by most people as the the peak of yes. the Actinvanias. Yeah, um, I've always been a Castlevania three person, but I haven't played like middle stuff between the Symphony of the Night and uh, the NES games. Yeah. Um. Um. I played uh Mas or Blaster Master Zero two. The Inti creates sequel to Blaster Master Zero, a remake of Master Blaster for or Blaster Master. Sorry, I always invert them. Uh, Blaster Master for the NES. Um, this being a sequel, they just kind of blow it out. It's like a cool space adventure Toku Metroidvania where you're going from planet to planet, and so each planet's like a. Most of the planets are like really small. Like, what if what's the Metroidvania version of like a Mario Sunshine challenge stage? They're like that. It's pretty sick. And then the main planets are a little bigger. Um, if you played like Portrait of Ruin, they're more like Portrait of Ruin area sized. Um, you're in them for maybe like an hour each or something. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's really good. I quite enjoyed it. I think it went on a little too long. It has the thing, uh, 
Blaster Master Zero also did this, where you need 100% to see. This game really it just has a whole section at the end that's really good that you have to 100% the rest of the game to unlock. And I don't think that should be behind 100%. I think it's like obnoxious to demand that of people. Uh, but also the game's like six hours, so I guess like this is just me being ridiculous, maybe. But I hate it when that happens. No, I I, I, don't I, have that I also find it annoying. Like yeah, I remember um catching up on the Kingdom Hearts games where like you have to go see the true endings for shit and i'm like everyone's playing this to catch up dude you should have got rid of these requirements yes uh, it's annoying um i played mega man x3 for the snes yeah so let's set the stage mega man x1 we all kind of made on we did it for a pod and we're like this is just not as good as mega man mega man x2 you played recently you were like they just fixed it all the problems that came from changing this new style they fixed them all uh it's just another great mega man game from the great mega man developers over at capcom stage set mega man x3 let's go mega man x3 is extremely disappointing and pretty bad imo wow what a shocker so it's made by the people what made like the game boy games um <laughs> And I don't want to like shit on that. That like it's not the it's not the normal X team or whatever. Um, the main thing is that they lean even further into Mega Man X is a game about you go back into the stages with your new weapons and upgrades to like unlock new, uh, find new like you know heart containers and um, and parts. Uh, and it really wants you to like revisit every stage like three times. And I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. This is, this is where me and Mega Man X just part ways is I want to play eight bosses, eight boss stages, and then like four Sigma slash Wily stages and then go the fuck home. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. Mega Man. Yeah. I don't like going back into areas, um, especially the amount that this game demands. It's really like arcane. There's like four separate ride armors, the like big mech you get into, and each one does slightly different things, but only to unlock like one thing in the game. Like, they're like, if you want to use them, they can be useful to fight random enemies. I don't think the game's, like, honestly that difficult. But um, they, they, they're they necessary to unlock one thing, basically, each. And that's so obnoxious to me. I'm like, you just created the world's most infinite lock and key system that's arcane for no reason other than to say you did. Make people play the game longer. Because I'm sure everyone complained that Mega Man X games cost, like, whatever Super Nintendo games cost. But also you can play them in four hours. By 1995, when people are playing, like, actual RPGs that take 30 hours. Oh, this uh, is in, in the transition is starting from, um, yeah, yeah. like, you can't just make three hour long action games on console anymore. It'd be a better game if it was three hours long. Um, anyway, I think that stuff sucks. I think the levels are kind of uninspired. Um, the boss fights seem fine. Um no problem you can play you can switch to be zero at any time um and zero starts like more powerful than x where he's got like the saber he's got more health blah 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 um but he doesn't upgrade and he can't fight any of the bosses except for like one that's like story related so he's just kind of a crutch for early mode and then the minute x gets like more than three upgrades x is better than zero in almost every way um and i'm just like i already don't think zero is cool but you formally made zero uncool by the way he plays in this game to me um yeah so i i was just uh bummed i thought the game was not good <laughs> even the music feels like a huge step back it is just not great uh that's a shame yeah um it's fine now i get to move on to the playstation ones i know four is like the most beloved of the mega man x's it's like two and four are the ones people really love so is that the one with all the cutscenes no idea haven't played it or is that five i don't know um 
Five and six, I have like fan patches because that's how well regarded those are. Oh, that <laughs> they're like the, yeah. if you're gonna those play have... this, play the version with all, all the stuff. It's like those yeah. must have the cutscene thing because I know the cutscene yeah. dubs are very funny. Um, yeah, have their own reputation. They can't be more funny than Mega Man Eight, Doctor Wily. True. Anyway, uh, that done. I played some shmups. I'm always trying to play some shmups. I played 1942, the Capcom game. Um, from 1984, Capcom's like big, the game that like made them as an arcade developer, where you play as a, you know, a uh, American fighter pilot trying to fly to Tokyo and destroy the entire Japanese air fleet. It's weird. It's weird. 1942 is like really simple and the sound gives me a headache. I was feeling sick the day I played it, but the sound just gives me a headache anyway, because it's just like drum snares and like a whistle. It's like meant to be very like military sounding. There's no like music in well, there's a little bit, but. Don't like mm -hmm. it. Didn't have a great time. Um, but then I was like, oh, well, uh, I don't really want to play 1943 because that's like a direct sequel. I played the third game, 1941 Counterattack, um, which is a Capcom game from 1990. <laughs> and that game is fucking incredible. Wait, really? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, all you got to do is look at footage of 1941 Counterattack and you'll be like, oh, I see. Okay. Um, I'm doing that right now. Take a look. 1941 counterattack counter arcade yeah oh okay <laughs> yeah 1941 is like he, they accidentally put some like uh metal slug into into 1940x the series um, God, you're the, right yeah in that you're going through these like really greebly heavy areas and you have like a charge beam like you, your normal attack just fires when you press the button but if you hold down the button you charge up and do supers and the there's like one boss where you're fighting like a fucking prototype space rocket uh, as it like launches out of like the tube into space you're like trying to blow all the engines off it it's just full of sick stuff uh it's a really cool game i was really impressed by it I'm it's, watching it's this, also like... relatively easy like you know, I was um, playing on free play, but like I cleared the game on like normal difficulty and like five continues, which I consider strong for like that's a pretty good for a fucking yeah, yeah, shmup. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I guess this is like this is not really a bullet hell game. This is like a shmup, right? Like, yeah, this is a normal as vertical shmup. Yeah, because yeah. by the time like I am playing video games, shmups and bullet hell games are just synonymous. Those are yes. games for those people. This is yeah. not. This is like you know, this is from nine ninety. So just one of those. Is, yeah, looks way more restrained. <laughs> yeah um Man, you know it's cool metal slug yeah metal slug's great um anyway yeah i think this game's really cool if you've not played it uh i would say give it a shot like i say yeah. just play it on uh you can just play it on like a free play i think it's in multiple like capcom arcade collections, collections. And stuff. yeah, yeah. i'm by, i'm playing the stuff on mister so I'm, i never know quite where these are packaged in the modern era but they're out there um getting your fpga emulate on the emulate fpga recreated 1940 by capcom on the board well i'd, re I'd replace the stick in my um fight stick and i was like oh i hadn't actually used that yet this month i want to have it sit down and like fiddle with mm -hmm. it it made a big difference it's much nicer oh now. right you had that whole saga trying to replace your fight stick so you could play shmups properly i it was not it was not a saga it was 10 minutes to replace the spring and the actuator it's it was really easy it's absolutely the, the doing it is not the saga the saga is playing an arcade game on your arcade stick and going this arcade stick isn't arcade stick enough i must replace the gates it was That's... it was fine it's just it's like the default sandwell that comes in like the the night the mayflash elites or whatever because it's what i've got and everyone online is like well you can either upgrade to one of the like 
shmup weirdo sticks, um, which requires a lot of work, or you could just put in a, a, a tighter, a heavier spring and a bigger actuator. And I did that. It cost me like $8 instead of like $40 and it took less than 10 minutes to install. And now it's great. <laughs> Um, well, that is very that is a very easy fix, but I'm still going to make fun of you for going full old old man uh, arcade FPGA mode. Yeah, that's fine. Look, if there was an affordable spinner control, like a pad, like a paddle <laughs> spinner controller for you'd have that. Uh, yes. Mister, I'd have one already. Yeah, it's really. But there's not. They're too expensive. There, yeah, the one there's one like someone in the UK makes, and it costs like 130 dollars. So I'm like, fuck that. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. You want a, you want a real nice spinner controller? Get that fucking Arkanoid going yeah also like four games on the mister support it look that outrun core is coming and it supports logitech steering wheels i don't know what i'm gonna do because i'm like fuck dude i swear if if the game to make you buy a steering wheel is outrun, <laughs> outrun one. arcade <laughs> is that not perfect i think that's actually perfect I, no I but think... it does you were just saying oh you're being too rude to me i don't think i am if that's the case <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um anyway uh steam more? deck i've yeah, well, I've got one more. So okay, uh, well, I, there's stuff I'm like in the middle of, but I don't want to talk about it until I finish. But this one, mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't think I'll have more to say next month. Um, since I got the Steam Deck, I was like looking for something to play uh, before bed. And I started playing Littlewood, which is a um, life sim, like town builder sim kind of game uh, that came out in 2019 uh, for the PC. It's on Switch, apparently. Um, it's like Stardew Valley, but if Stardew Valley had no external pressures on you um kind of same stuff you can mine uh, there's no fighting but you can like you have to avoid enemies in the mines you can go like foraging and you can farm and you can go to like a little casino and gamble and you talk to people and you do small quests for them and they get hearts and i think you can date maybe get married i don't know um it's like a it, it's stardew valley but there's nothing there's no like you have three years until we're going to appraise your farm. Uh, there's no like farm formally in the structure. You can just b- grow vegetables if you want um, and livestock, which I'm doing. It, you can restructure your entire town because the whole thing is it's like a Dragon Quest Builders 2 situation where like you were the hero and you beat the villain of an RPG and then you lost your memory and now you're helping rebuild the, the main town, which was destroyed in the RPG battle. Um, and everyone's helping you out like, oh, you're the hero. We're going to help you rebuild. Um, Mm-hmm. and uh if, if you just want something to chill out with <laughs> if you want a game where you're like i'm gonna play this for half an hour before bed and then four hours pass and you're like fuck uh this is the, <laughs> this is a good one for that um probably not the best one for this i guess maybe depending on who you are but i find it very chill um i put a lot of time in story valley i like games like that um but i don't like holding a lot of like crafting recipes and stuff like that. that's why i haven't played like rune factory i'm like that seems like a little too like asking me to do things i don't want to do that i want to chill yes uh, this game asks you to do very little other than run around and hit, pick up things and you should probably play like, factory four one of these days like people really like four yeah no i know i know it just seems like a lot um it seems like maybe the most maximalist one of these but um, yeah it's definitely more in that direction yeah um anyway that's everything like I'm, I'm in the middle of a bunch of stuff but nothing that i'm like done enough with where i want to talk about it um so that's it for me. Only six games or whatever. Your gaming mode. Um, you know, it's weird because like the last two weeks I haven't really been other than like Littlewood. Oh, I've been doing the thing where I download something on my Steam Deck, go, yeah, that runs, and then play something else. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fair enough. Yeah. Normal way to be. That's that's how PC games work. You just load things up, go, oh yeah, it totally does work. And then that's it. I don't want to play this. <laughs> <laughs>
Our game club this month is Norco, the 2022 adventure game by Geography of Robots, published by Raw Fury. This came out on PC in March 24th of this year. It came out on PS4 and PS5 literally two days ago, October two 20th. Um, which is wild to think about. We just keep doing this, picking games that are just about to come out on other platforms. Uh, yeah, no, it lined it up, lined it up perfectly. Jackson, what happens in this video game? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Here's the problem. Is that normally, when you throw it to me, you have played the game two weeks ago, and I yeah. have just finished it. Yeah, and I know. I'm that's like, oh, you get to help me by booing all my memory. Yeah, tr- primed to summarize the game. Unfortunately, I also played the game two weeks ago. Uh, so if I uh, get some details wrong here and there, that's because I played it in a single sitting uh, two weeks ago. Um, but you play as uh, Kay, uh, a uh, woman who was raised in Norco uh, and then left because it sucks uh, and has like traveled around the US fighting in some like strange cyberpunk future wars that are kind of kept very vague. Um, the ways this is different from the real world are present but sidelined in interesting ways and you return to Norco after uh, your mother has, has died of cancer and um, you, you you come back a couple of weeks after that's happened uh, and here to like meet your brother and deal with him being kind of fuck up and see what's going on there but he's not there and so Kay's quest is to find out where her brother is um and you do this by also uh flashing back and playing the last few days of uh uh her mother's life and she's on her own investigation um for this app that's controlled by a bird uh that's like on this quest to find this orb that actually might belong to her because she is prophesied as the uh descendant of uh, jesus christ that's by the way that's kind of the like broad level plot of this game summarizing that makes it sound much worse than it is uh it's far more about the experience of the small town the people there uh what's happening with them uh your investigation as k like takes you on parallel lines to that investigation that um your mother's doing a couple weeks ago uh and leads towards this cult uh called the uh, the garrets which are a gathering of uh angry young men who want to build a rocket uh and escape this earth uh they like kill their cult leader who has given them this religion but carry this dream on anyway uh as this uh what's the guy's name the 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 guy from the ditch who actually like takes over in the end oh takes uh God, what is that guy's name? Really doing bad at our jobs. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Um, I just can't remember that guy's name. Uh, what is that guy's name? We really need to have that guy's name. Oh well. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, uh, Papa. Oh yes, Papa. Yes, yes. Uh, I was like, it's not Peepaw. It's close to Peepaw, but it's not Peepaw. It's Papa. Papa, because he he is just like a guy uh in a ditch who is very fond of um your mother and also you because he believes in this uh myth that you're the descendant of um of jesus like like the da vinci code to everyone else he's just kind of a weirdo but he like ingratiates himself with this cult and uh you know uh just is kind of there nudging them in the right direction to kill their own cult leader and just fills that void as a true believer in this uh specifically uh belief in um 
your family's legacy, which was not really what the cult was about before. Uh, but uh, that's kind of like the shape of the game. Uh, and you reach the rocket and uh, you can save your brother from being like tied into this rocket and going uh, with them to the end of the world. Uh, or you can stay there and it, I guess it happens. <laughs> I mean, the uh, rocket's not a real rocket. It's going to explode. It's, it's going to blow up. They, yes. they built a giant bomb in the middle of nowhere. They put a jumbo in the middle of nowhere. And, like, the end of the game, like, it deliberately, like, just kind of fades into vagueness about this stuff. It's very cool um, as you get up there and how real is any of it. Um, and uh, the answer is probably not at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's cool. It's cool. I, I've done a terrible plot summary. This game's not about plot even slightly. You talk to people. You listen to their stories. Everyone has a different experience of living in Norco. That, like, rescuing your family plot is the like technically what happens in norco but it's not what the game's about it's it was a it's like a really bad way to introduce anyone who's listening to norco yeah gotta find your brother uh, who's probably in a really bad way guess what he is he is is in a bad way and you can't the finding him will not fix that though unfortunately no Uh, his being in a bad way is unrelated yeah he's Uh, been a bad way since you were a kid so have you but you're handling it much better so uh with that very bad summary taken uh done there i just want to say this game's fucking incredible it's really good um norco is one of those where like when it came out people compare people compare it to two games which we are also going to do which is disco elysium and kentucky route zero because it kind of sits astride both in terms of like aesthetics and formal structures yes it has the like um you know, strange, a slightly askew universe. Disco Elysium is more askew because it's got like world building, world building. Yes, uh, but still like this sad, slightly fantasy. So this is more sci-fi, but like slightly askew world building uh, on to like emphasize the very real dehumanization of the capitalism we actually live in. Yes, this is very specifically regionalized to the experience of uh, like suburban cruel around New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um. And just the, the the actual real neighborhood Norco, yes. Uh, which you know, if you Google Norco, Louisiana on Google, you just get pictures of oil refineries. Basically, it do be like that. It do be like that. So like, it has sci-fi stuff, but unlike Disco Elysium, which is like a fake, you know, they, they've they've called they in Disco Elysium they've come up with an actual fake Marx, right? Who is the fake yes. founder of their version of communism? This is still just a real town of norco uh yeah. in in the you know outside the real city of uh not lost new orleans uh, yeah and uh with some flavor of sci-fi stuff around that you've got some androids yeah. unfortunately uh, in this one task rabbit is run by like the decayed ai of someone who is already dying who uploaded their brain yes <laughs> and it's re- resolved itself as like a bird god yeah you've got a bird god controlling this like strange uh, network of people who run this app for bitcoin basically um, yeah which is all very cool and like links back to uh like it, it the sci-fi bit is that you can like upload your brain uh, as a record after you die but it's not really a bit it's not like it's it's not like oh it's a copy of you it's much more about here's your like therapy records <laughs> that yes. have been personalized and sold back to your family um, yeah it, like here's like here's here's like all of their memories they've talked about interspersed with like pop-up ads as like a as like a mimetic thing in someone's like personality um, it's really a nightmare but it's also a per- but like also that's a person now like it's a, they, yeah. they've got a will uh this 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 game does cool things with like 
sentience and um robots i guess it's kind of in the background but it's there uh yeah uh but yeah so it's stuff like that and then you know you've got an, there's a guy that you help out you you uh to get into a place you have to get sell him a hot dog and then you have meet him later and he tells you a 30 minute long story about shitting in a little you have to you have to sell him you have to have him buy a hot dog that's been sitting there for 10 years because the guy won't tell you how to open the door to a lady you need to talk to unless you have get him to sell one of his like last hot dogs. oh it's so good <laughs> so that i Adventure guess games gets us to the core the core idea of norco as a not as like a thematic text but as a, as a thing you engage with it is a light adventure game and yes. to many people it is too much of an adventure game to other people it is too little of an adventure game and it sits astride this in a way that i find really interesting i think it is an imperfect amount of adventure game it has like just enough adventure game elements to like force you to pay attention to the world to pay to pay attention to clues you are actively solving the mystery you're not just like being led along because in every, on every stage you do like have to notice things and put them together but the puzzles are all very simple oh you mean you mean the part where it's piss easy as long as you're paying attention <laughs> yeah but like that's in, but it's enough to me like yeah, right? yeah no you, no, you no, no you're right like i in a perfect world adventure games in the modern conception i understand that the, the standards for this have changed a lot and it kind of depends on who you ask but to me an adventure game should be if you just understand, if you've talked to everyone and seen all the items in every scene, you should kind of know what where what direction to like apply pressure to get the puzzles to loosen up. And I think this game is like very good about that being really obvious almost every time. Yeah, and I would, there were points when like I would come across something and then I would figure things out. Like I went to that guy's house uh, that had, um, you know, the uh, the one of the guys who'd become a Garrett, and he uh, oh, the, the sad dad, sad dad, <laughs> yeah. And then they like pointed to you had to find the three obelisks and they're like oh that's there I know what that is I can you know and so you had really cool moments of like things fitting together in an uh, adventure gamey puzzle way uh, but they're only just like moments right there's no there's not actually a difficult puzzle there it's just slightly rewarding you for paying attention and I think that that uh, chain of breadcrumbs worked really well for me I know for like people approaching this more as like this is basically a visual novel it's really annoying that you also have to keep track of like a few bits of pointless shits. Um, I just never found any of the puzzles especially difficult in that way. Where I was, already, if you're already exploring the space, you'll have picked up everything you need to move on at basically any time. I don't think it's the difficulty. The complaint I've seen it. The complaint I've seen is more that it's like it's doing this, these conversations, right? But then it will mm -hmm. like hit you with a line that is clearly intended. For, okay, now I have to solve this puzzle. It's reminding you of like play things, and it just takes people out of some of the uh, uh, just like plot of it here's the thing i, I feel like a lot fine. of the people in our community they've been saying that are visual novel people and That's what this I'm saying. is I'm what happens to me every time a visual novel throws up a science diagram i'm like why are you wasting my time with this bullshit about time loops or schrodinger's cat for the 800th time everyone knows about schrodinger's cat i've played a visual novel before shut up <laughs> um that's what i meant it's like there are people coming to this more from the visual novel side of being like why are these adventure game elements here uh yeah and i know Which is how i feel every time a visual novel wastes my time on the visual novel entrapments i like I like adventure games more than visual novels. Ultimately, I think there's like, like I play them less, but I do think I like them more. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I cannot stress how much I love this game. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, um, like I say, I played it in one sitting for four hours because uh, I wasn't going to go away. I just had to see what was going on. It's weird because uh, because this game is sitting astride genres. Not only does it have like adventure game puzzles, but it has like the Disco Elysium style like running narrative down the side like the crpg like beholden just constant narrative and a bunch of choices you can make that's that are not part of like dialogue trees sometimes they are but they're just like explore the world ask questions get information through narrative delivered to you mm -hmm. um which is very not adventure game 
Um, I guess it like goes all the way back to original text adventures, but it kind of fell out of graphical adventure games uh, in the West, at least um, pretty like completely. I mean, that, that's definitely there's definitely some right. Like, obviously, this is not like a Telltale game, but Telltale games lean into dialogue trees so hard. Yeah. But this game has the this game has the Disco Elysium where sometimes you're just going to talk to yourself for five minutes in term in like the narration bar. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> and and there's, there's entire sequences where like the world is the world around you is replaced with like a specific vision uh, of some, you know, it like the, the generic background and character uh, portrayal will disappear because it is doing something visually while holding on to the, like the sidebar with with uh, some narration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, is very willing to break form like that um and then it also has uh it also has combat i'll be honest i did the combat once and then i said to auto and i never thought about it again <laughs> where there was an auto setting yeah if you go into the options there's like a uh there's like you just set it to auto battle whatever you get into combat and i just turned that on immediately. oh that'd be really useful because i when i got to the ending uh my last save point was before the final combat gauntlet and i wanted to do the other choices but i had to fight five fights in a row <laughs> oh yeah i just auto i just like kind of like looked at it while it was fighting and kind of scrolled twitter on my phone yeah the the combat's interesting to me because um i think it's pretty i well don't done. like the i think the combat's a total unnecessary thing in the game but it does look cool i'll give it that i mean it's like it's not a it's like rpg combat right but as yes. a purely aesthetic experience there is no yes. numbers there's no risk there's no possibility yeah. of fate I, I assume if you click the wrong thing forever and ever you probably could fail and you know force yeah. yourself to but it is entirely like the combat happens and you must be actively involved and I guess paying attention, but it's not like actual RPG combat. You're not like making choices to numbers to develop characters, right? You're just like experiencing yes. the aesthetics of a JRPG battle briefly. Well, yeah, like one of the big battles in the game is when you're breaking into the uh, shield refinery. It's like the most grizzled man in the world, just like beard for days. It's a robot with let's like a, got a galaxy face. Million is so cool. As like acidic and then your character who's always represented as like a a darkened face with like just like uh like an emoji like just like two eyes and like a mouth that's like a line it's like two yes. dots um and uh just the aesthetic of and it's like you against like two corporate guys with guns just standing there and it looks great like the aesthetics of the combat are incredible uh, yeah. The whole final sequence leading up to the ending is literally you ascending this rocket and every floor is like a new, like not quite abstract, but like tableau of spaces you've been in before um, as you fight other pieces of like just the idea of, of what is oppressing you. It's like the Kafka tower, like big tower final battle fight in Final Fantasy VI to me. <laughs> i mean this thing is i think it's really cool and then when i had to do it again to train like try yes. to do their ending i was like this the spell works once yeah <laughs> um which i think is fine uh but it definitely is a little annoying when i'm like trying to get other things yeah. in in place and then there's also a weird like staring contest mini game that you do like three times in the game i mean that's also part of the combat like they're, yeah. they're like they kind of recycle some of the mini games for the combats yeah, but that one specifically, like, can you can you remember these five things in order? And I'm like, yes, yes, I can. Every time, it's really easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it basically comes up and it's like that um that one TikTok where it's like, where is this one? Yes, it's the square hole again. Uh. <laughs> um, and then formally, like the things that are like more Kentucky Zero is there's like multiple bits where it pulls out to like a like a vector graphics like bayou map as you pilot a boat across it. Um, which is literally straight out of uh, of Kentucky Zero. Um, yes. And you do that for like, there's like an early bit where you're like 
like a an old legend you're just kind of playing like an old legend about the, the swamp and then later you have to actually navigate that swamp um and there's like some light puzzles involved with that which is pretty cool um i like that stuff and then there's one uh absolutely ridiculous segment that i really love where you go into the what is it like the town hall town building hall, town hall yeah town hall. and it just turns into uh it's like graphical representations of like staircase elevator exit hallway and it's just like like vector graphics rooms and L and hallways as you text control your way through it's like what if there was like what if what if there was like dungeon encounter style graphics for like zork as you go through this tower yes yes it's, it's really, really cool. cool and it's all like for a puzzle we have to like hold hands in the dark on the stairs yes. um to find like the secret man that won't show up unless you hold the right invisible hand on the stairs to get to the roof. Yes. Yeah, on, on um, floor seven or whatever. Or on floors like two, five, and seven, you have to reach out in the dark and hold someone's hand. Uh, and it's great. I, all that stuff is fantastic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's just really cool. And there's one similarly like vector graphics puzzle where you have to like move drones around a map. And I'll be honest, I just looked that one up. I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. This is so annoying. Um, That one was fine. I literally, I tried, I like literally moved one and saw, oh, they like moved to fill the space. So I was like, I don't want, I don't want to worry about this. I don't want to think about this. I'll just look it up and just look, <laughs> just brute force the puzzle immediately. No, I, I managed to do that one without much trouble. That was, that was, that was I'm sure it's fine. I did not spend the time to like figure it out. I just looked at it and went, nope, no, not doing that. <laughs> it wasn't that one. That took me like two minutes. It was nothing. Yeah, no, I uh, don't like puzzles like that. Fair enough. But like other, like, because I like adventure games, like I opened up the statue and found the card reader in it, like in like screen instantly. three. Instantly. <laughs> yes. I mean, it knows you're going to do that because it knows you're going to click on things. They've, they've had, I think that that first screen, like right outside the house is really smartly designed because it has like two very like massively important things in there. Mm -hmm. The first of which is the, uh, that card reader, right? If you open up the thing, you find the card reader, uh, you know, exactly like you, it's hanging over your head. The whole game is like, this is going to be the key to like whatever secret there is. And it totally is like two hours later. But the other thing, uh is uh if you click on like the house um to the other side uh you get a little narrative about like uh you know the the fourth flood will destroy your home in 10 yes. years and um and the combination of those two first like the, the first side is just like the gameplay thing situating you in like what you're meant to be looking out for for the play the other side is like really good at framing the entire narrative as transitory and unimportant well, it's really good because it gives you the whole history of all the times during your lifetime the house is flooded and your your parents resolve about what to do about it. Mm -hmm. um, and at the very end of the game, there's like a whole sequence that's like in your mental headspace of like, like you're, as your house floods for like an apocalyptic, like final time, what you're going to do. And it, like the way those two tie together is just so good in like just a, this is what writing is kind of way. I mean, yeah, the, the, the sequence at the end of the game where you like talk to everyone in your house and you see everyone in the house and it, like all the rooms fade away. Uh, Cause it's also doing that vector graphics thing. Yeah. Um, is It's one of the best moments in the whole game. I think it's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. Just like deeply moving, very sad. Um, just very precise about what it is to live in a place that the world is allowing to go to hell. <laughs> yes there's um, a bit where you're like trying to figure you're, you're in the basement where like your mom's hidden lab like she was like doing some research where her, like hidden workshop is and at this point million the like <laughs> the robot you adopted i guess like it was like a refinery bot that your mom just took in uh thinking that it was like 
it was like a runaway and it's not a runaway it's like a spy <laughs> and everyone uh, kind of like says that to you like immediately yes but yeah she's so nice that you're like ah, it's my robot and i'm also like conditioned by all video games to be nice to the robots yeah um and it turns out million is a spy and just kind of feels bad about it but isn't not going to spy because it's a robot that's what ro- robots will just do what they're told um and so it gets like killed or whatever and so it's, the body's just there and when you're in like your headspace and you go down there and it like starts flooding uh my favorite line in the game is like you're trying to figure out just like just because you can because in this space it's all very nebulous and dreamlike so you could talk to the dead body and figure out why it did this or whatever but before you can ask that the waters rise too high and like the narration's like there's no more robot left to drown and i was like fuck that's that's it this is what we're looking for here <laughs> just it's the so sense good. of like everyone is searching for me and this is like ultimately like what the thematic stuff is about everyone's searching for meaning but no one like there can't be meaning because the reality of the situation the material conditions of the situation are crushing everyone to death immediately like it's happening you're in it like you're already dying um and you're searching for meaning because there's nothing there's no way out and so it's just people grasping at straws as they drown that is just what this everyone in the situation is um yes whether that's cynicism or a belief in God or like a mercenary nature to just get paid. Like Dallas is just doing, doing task rabbit jobs for his Bitcoin. Right. Um, yes. and unfortunately that went up, that went under like, cause the, cause the God that runs the Bitcoin machine is dying. Yeah. What can you fucking do about it? Sometimes yeah. the God that runs the Bitcoin machine is dying. And you're like, well, shit. Um, and, uh, just watching everyone, like ex- be extinguished by the reality of the world they live in uh, regardless of what they believe in and hope for and want in life just equally every like even the like <laughs> even the like rich but eccentric scion of the shield corporation uh is in some weird shadow war with her dad about who's going to control the company and when you come in and contact her because she was like obsessed with your mom and what she might have found with the orb that might be from god she just like choose herself better, rather than live um all that stuff's good and crunchy. It's like, oh, we're just like in Blade Runner briefly here. I love it. It's I really like the way that resolved because it's like the entire game is about the conspiracy of the corporate like uh, refinery that is killing the town. Like the re- the refinery is this just actual pit of evil sapping the life of everyone in the town, and that's yeah. true in life. That's how yes. a, so what happens when you put a massive oil refinery in the middle of like an actual population of people. Yeah. Um, and you think it's like if this one goes all the way to the top and like they were in a your mum within a civil war with the with the people in the uh in, in the corporation and maybe they silenced her and whatever and when you actually get to them they're just kind of like you know people uh who suck and they're like you know the 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 boss who is in the shadow war with her dad is far more like obsessed with the aesthetics of it than any like actual active evil it's very good about the uh, ways that these things like no one no one at that corporation cares about anyone in the, in the town and enough to hurt them. They're doing that fine. Like the process does that all on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there needs to be, there's no malice there. Why would there be malice? Uh, the situation is so self-perpetuating and beyond malice that it would, it would be uh, ridiculous to believe this could ever be like a corporate conspiracy. Uh, which is why I really like the pivot to the stuff with the Garrett's, but I know that's like one of the more controversial elements of the game. It's weird because I feel like the Garrett stuff um, makes sense given the general thematic concept of like these are all characters they're casting about for any meaning to their like rapidly diminishing lives. And the Garretts are just like the stand in for all sorts of like teen malaise in like Mm -hmm. decayed suburbia, right? Yes. (laughs) 
like you don't want to you don't wanna, like put everything on like a gang because that's like really loaded especially in like in like poor american areas uh, there's a lot of politics you just don't want to bite off there um and so instead, they all just get polos and join a fucking weird religion in the, the shutdown mall. Like, they just take over a rundown mall um, and decide to all become the same, um, which is, like, in a lot of, like, it's very easy to roll your eyes. And on paper, it sounds like a very, like, uh, they, they're just all, like, this new form of, like, conformism through fashion and, like, ideals that teens fall into, uh, where they all become a clique or whatever. Uh, but the shape it takes is, like, much more nuanced and much more interesting, where the the ways in which people who are who the original true believers begin inflicting ideological violence on the newcomers to hold them to purity that even the like founders can't have is just like how groups operate at like once they grow to a certain size and it's it's just really bleak and it but it what? feels real and like thoughtful about it one of the most real details of the entire thing with the garrets is the uh the one guy who's actually called garrett who they don't call garrett <laughs> yes <laughs> he's the only one that's his actual fucking name and it's been taken from him they're like no you're like scoot or something i forget what they actually call him uh because it's been two weeks um but i that was so good just as a bit of detail because it's like it's very easy and it's definitely doing stuff with like these are these like mostly white teenagers uh the live in this like space where they were some of them are middle class some of them are poorer uh i guess some of them might be rich or probably not because you know nobody here is rich <laughs> nobody here is rich but like it's it's absolutely like you can ab read this in a more simple like this is just the the, the white teens being radicalized into the alt-right type way um mm -hmm. but it ends up with something like much sadder than that or or like it is that is one of the things that's a metaphor for right like everyone is becoming radicalized rather than like witness the truth of what's happening to them because it's just too horrible it, you can't comprehend the truth of what's happening to you in your day-to-day -day. but it's uh, like it's like the thing that it like ends up capturing is the way in which like really like things that I know, like from the outside, it's really easy to scoff at in terms of like memetic content online gets really mm -hmm. bought into. It's like kids actually ate Tide Pods because they saw it on the Internet. Yes. <laughs> like that's a real thing that happened. And there are people who would otherwise be normal, but they just like bought in like people. People were made the NyQuil chicken. You should not make the NyQuil chicken. It's bad for you. But you see enough content, you're like, oh, maybe, like, maybe they know something I don't. Who can say? Can't trust anyone because the government will lie to you, been lying to you every day. Uh, I love the, the, what's his name, the, the guy in the bar uh, who is like, starts off just being correct about things and being like, yeah, the government doing this and doing this and then shows up with his fucking InfoWars website. I'm like, whoa, you've gone too far, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Because the line between that stuff, when you're like living in it, is really thin and i feel like this game is very good about portraying that because it's very easy and you see it online all the time to if you are for me it's living in the uk but right but like living in a different not in like this part of america right you're not in the places yeah. where this radicalization really hits yeah the society it's very easy to be like oh the fucking morons all losing their minds and going to Infowars and getting radicalized and whatever uh which it's true like i don't agree with those people i think they're all i think it's an evil thing but it's like a sad it's like a rot it's like people you actually see the stories about people whose parents are like they feel like they're losing them to this yes uh, it's tragic and it's a much more like sad evil than a one to be dismissed and and judged i saw someone doing fucking like idiocy idiocy whatever that movie is type posting about oh we should just uh all these fucking like boomers losing their mind we should go away and leave us in peace and i'm like this man we our generation's already becoming those people. Right. If you're younger than us, your generation will become those people too. It just happens. 
the process happens because of the ways in which uh america and it happens in the uk as well and that's just the ones i'm familiar with we all all western societies have this in them because they're all doing the same thing right and just expresses itself in different ways and i think this is a very good empathetic and sad look to the processes by which those occur yeah, everyone is oppressed. Everyone reaches out and looks for meaning under that oppression. And often the hand that reaches out to you first is looking to extract something from you for it. Yes. Um, and so it's really easy to fall into a crowd like that. And the thing I think that's really interesting about this is like the Garrett's are mocked like in the in the original, like in the flashbacks. Um, the Garrett's just have a mall and nobody gives a shit or whatever. And by the end, um, all the rich people show up to the end of the world party. Like they're there. <laughs> The part where like you start the you start the game right and you're doing the the interrogation of of the Garrett's you've know, been living that quest uh in the in the flashback stuff and you go to their mall mm-hmm. and they've got their whole they're like the set up in this abandoned mall um so they're not they're not like nothing they've got influence with the town hall but they're not really like a big deal but then by yeah. the time the end of the game and you finally meet rich people and they're I, mean, I guess you meet rich people in the in the party with the well, um, yeah but the, that party's now like right that, subsume the garrets um uh, and the rich people are literal fucking, like yeah. they're literal like uh eyes wide shut figures yes. in masks and robes <laughs> uh, and they're like oh we didn't have time to change our masks we're in the mask from the old party um, <laughs> yes it's and they just like find these people cute they're like oh what a what a fun what a fun thing to do to see all these garrets well it's funny because you go in you go into that final area and the middle is the party like the, all the rich people and their master there and all the just like people who like there was a lot of people coming so i showed up i don't know is there a rave happening who can say um and then on the left side is like the broadcast booth where they're propping prepping the countdown and like uh all of like true believers in one way and if you go to the right side it's all the true believers who are like a militia guys in in flak jackets and sniper rifles like literally just ready to like we found out who killed our leader we're gonna fucking kill him and you literally start one wing shooting at the other wing by riling them up and everyone in the middle who was just here for a party immediately flees it's one of the best moments in the game of um just incredible use of the form because yeah. you're, you're sliding behind all these screens you're not really like traveling right you, yeah you, static background and static screens with some sprites over them yeah and when that gun goes off and you just cut to the next screen and it's fucking empty yes uh, incredible just like all there's those like there's like here. two there's like two girls who are like hiding behind a box and it used to be second... like it used to be dozens if not hundreds of people in that scene this is, this is also kind of the second time this has happened for them tonight yeah. <laughs> yes uh, i guess it's the next day at this point but they uh mm-hmm. uh you know like you go to the other party and she shoots herself there as well yes um and the ways in which the rich people are like present they're present right they are a factor in this society uh but they have no interests or in like connections to anyone because they're mm. so transient they don't have to be like tied down to the land here yes uh, because the land is being poisoned by the oil refineries though i would they? yes um and just driven by their curiosity and like oh we're gonna have a party on this day. oh look, look what are the little people doing today uh and the second they just disappear when there's like real threats is so cool it's just like they're, they're gone they have they're nothing they're not people um yes it's really good it definitely like uh in terms of the disco leasing comparisons it's like the um the imf guy uh, yes he'd be at this fucking party absolutely yeah, because everyone else, like everyone who lives here, knows each other, right? Like everyone's got a history. Everyone knows everybody's business. Um, they might not like each other, but like we all have to live here, so it's fine. I mean, um, the uh, one of the guys who comes in your party, uh, 
uh, LeBlanc. Uh, like you first interact with him in the in the t- like bar a few times. Yes, uh, he's like he's like he, the world's shittiest PI. Yeah, and he's just an antagonistic shithead who's kind of rude to you, uh, tricking you into buying him more beer and food than he should be allowed. Uh, and you're allowing yourself to be taken advantage of, and you don't like him. He doesn't like you because um, you left, and he had like a this regretting respect for her, your mum and intentions there but it's not a positive relationship um but then when you're in danger and he like comes and save you and your homies till the end right like he's still gonna like help you out uh because a fucking robot exploded in the middle of your house and he lives opposite you and that means something yeah um did you get him to put on the juggalo makeup no what (laughs) when you're in his office after he rescues you after a million tries to kill you there's like a there's like a makeup kit on his desk and if you touch if you poke at it a couple times uh, he'll eventually be like oh you're down to clown and he puts on juggler makeup which he wears the rest of the game holy shit (laughs) no that did not happen for me but holy shit yeah it's really funny because he is he's like he is just kind of like the he's like the he he's like bob hoskins and roger rabbit he's just the washed up pi that you think he's full of shit like he's never solved a case in his life he's not a real pi and turns out to be like one of the quietly more solid people but does not absolve him of being a shit bag and talking shit about how he almost fucked your mom like 800 times uh she was really in love with me you know (laughs) he's almost fucked everyone's mom like yeah (laughs) it's really good it's really fucking good um uh but he does he is there for like he literally he literally gets killed for you uh at the end of the game uh yeah doesn't make it through the boss gauntlet right before the end it's really good uh, it's good because that like... shot that shot like it's like it's your escape where you because you, at the end of the game you jump off the big rocket balcony but his body's just lying there like in shadow the thing about this game is it has some of the coolest backgrounds in the entire world <laughs> so how did you how did you play it how did you set it up what do you mean did you put it on like uh CRT mode and put the filters on? No. No, I didn't I didn't even see that stuff. I just played it default. Oh, I played the whole game with the CRT filters and and I mean, let me send you a What does that even look What does that make it look like? I'm sending you a screenshot of a very funny li- <laughs> cuz this is one of the screenshots. I didn't take that many screenshots. This is this is a great line. Uh, and this is what the game looked like for me. I was all it was all in this form. Um Oh, interesting. Yeah, no no, I played it normal. Um but um <laughs> uh man the characters in this game are good the great dialogue uh it looks beautiful it doesn't matter like whether you play this form this form just has scan lines and like the kind of like bowed screen effect right um yes um normally it doesn't have either of those but just incredible pixar that understands like making te- like visions of places everything feels like well choreographed in terms of like where the space like gestures to look at um you you can just look at the bottom where it shows all of like your screen exits but um you also just like it's very clear about what what looks clickable on and usually it is and it's very evocative of making naturalistic spaces that have the intrusion of both industry and like the the you know the fictional technology of the space mm-hmm. it's just really good there's a bit where you go into someone's house you're like where's that guy and it's like oh he's dying of cancer we shouldn't go into his house or whatever and you go into his house and it's dark and the light turns on and he's like at the table, like right in front of you, like looming at the camera. And it's incredible. Uh, that The whole stuff with him is fantastic. Cause like one of the other running things, like obviously game about capitalism being sad and living in the town. It's also just an incredible game about like death and religion and yes. just existentialism more generally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is um like harder to it's very much it's much easier to sell like this is a game but how we're all trapped in capitalism but it's also just a game uh, in a similar way to disco elysium um less kentucky zero but that's because i'm i don't like it as much uh, <laughs> um about just like beyond that right the gnawing hole of everything yes uh, of just like what is this what the fuck is happening uh i guess i've lived in this town and i'm about to die i'm going to die without seeing my daughter ever again um and no one cares <laughs> and yeah. i guess i'll just go home for the night like that's yeah. it that's it there's no like the the ways in which it stares into the bleakness of just being dealt a shitty hand and dying and yes like death is this thing that is normal and happens to people that are real that have to deal with it it's not like a thing in a story that's this climactic event it is just a process of life and like any other process of of life in this place yeah the the way it presents dying cancer is like having like the even though it's inescapable the bill has already come due right like she's someone who's mostly suffering under medical bills she can't afford and the hassle of endless appointments she has to make like it's like you have to go to the dmv every week is what having cancer is and also your kid won't talk to you because she's too afraid of the idea that you're dying uh it's it's really good yeah Uh, and like when you um hook up with a duck later uh in and as Kay and they're like well well, what can we do for you well like is there anything you need he's like i'm fucking dying you can't help me i'm dying of cancer you can like come around every day and like watch some football with me or something i don't know yeah Uh, but there's no like help you can the only help is the small help of living there is no there's nothing like thing you can do to absolve yourself yeah um i i thought all that stuff was like just so sad really good um like sad without being melodramatic uh it's really funny because like there's the one scene that like gestures to other modes of living is is when you go to dallas's house you went to dallas's house i assume yes of course yeah um there's a bit there's a brief period where you can just revisit dallas's family and he's 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 like the guy who's like running all the the fake uber tasks he's like your handler but he's also just a guy in the gig economy and he kind of sucks um he's not running it he's like another guy who's been doing no, it longer but he's showing you the, the ropes guy. yes yeah, yeah yeah um he's not in any position of power other than he's doing this he's been doing this longer than Catherine has um but you go to his house and he's just like a middle-aged guy and he's there with his he lives there with his daughter and her daughter his daughter's son who's just on the couch and it's like christmas time because it's right for christmas and they're just like he's like doing homework and she's like just sitting there like watching tv and it's like a very brief human moment and it's really good uh is it christmas time yeah there's a christmas tree there, he yeah, she like, has a present for him it's like ah you can open the present up um there's a the santa game. there's a santa doing drugs that like it's christmas time in the catherine stuff it's christmas time oh yes, in the christmas, yes i guess it is um but what i'm what i meant is that there's that, that other incredible conversation where dallas is like all i listen to is christmas music like all year round. oh yes no there is a bit where he literally he's like because they were talking about some musician or whatever and he's they're, like, I don't they're know. out to this club that uh, had the the thing once and it's a fucking bounce night <laughs> yes bounce music yes um not since uh what's the one in uh in um hypnospace outlaw chill wave i think it might be chill no chill punk you should I play, play that i gotta play hypnospace outlaw i didn't because <laughs> of the the rest stuff at the time but i could probably yeah. do it now um it's a good game uh yeah and he's like no i just listen to chris music all the time and everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with you, you listen to chris music all the time and i as someone who loves chris music love it love it to pieces 
people listen to Christmas music only. That's too weird. That's too fucking weird. And his response is, oh, don't even start over here having a bounce night for a bunch of white kids. Like, it's <laughs> yes. so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, God. Because um, this game's also hilarious. Yeah, it's really good. It, it's just like, it's very low key and it's a, it's a pretty, I think it's like a pretty dour game about the bleakness of the world we all see ourselves in. Um, but in that, there's still just like a lot of warmth and like, fun stuff every once in a while there's the guy we briefly alluded to it the guy who tells you a really long story about shitting in a limo it's the funniest thing in the entire world and it's just it's just like it's just he stops for five minutes being like i'm going to tell you about what happened you made me eat those hot dogs and i had to had i gave me diarrhea and all i could do was pile into this limo because there were some kids getting out for like prom night and the driver didn't see me and i just shot the limo and then he drove off with me still in the limo and i had to tell him to pull over even though i had just stunk up the entire inside (laughs) And yeah, it's like it's like a five minute long fucking wall of text as he's going through all of the parts of just getting worse and worse and worse. It's so funny. It's so and funny. It, and Catherine's like, I'm not apologizing. I need to get through that door. <laughs> it was my adventure game puzzle. Fuck you. Yeah. Catherine is a great character because she exists in opposition to the world. Like so many, so many like adventure game characters by the nature of what the game is have to kind of like go along, get along, like they're told to do something, they do it or whatever. Um, and Catherine does that because she's running out of time and needs something. But at every step, she is like suspicious and unapologetic of everyone around her in a way that's really good. And the way in which like Kay isn't, Kay is avoidant and Catherine is oppositional. And I think it like tells the story of why they are like that as mother and daughter. It, it, I think it's really smart because it starts off and you start off with Kay and you're in like uh, her bedroom. Yes. Uh, uh, her childhood bedroom specifically because she's come back home. And, and yeah. uh, the first thing you do in the game is get to make a bunch of like character defining choices about how you feel about the journey you've been on uh, how you feel about your childhood um it'll just like bring up a thing that you do you take this do you remember this this way or do you remember the other way i right? just like oh yeah i was fighting in to... the wars in the american southwest and threw my phone in the river <laughs> right and um and just stuff like that and, and uh situates you as this very like blank slate protagonist you have that mind map where you're like filling things in uh, oh the mind map's so cool and yeah and it's like really emphasizing the like the k is a real character but it, she's also a blank slate uh and the game is about his investigation like very centering video game design on the one person kind of covering things and i think the way that switching to catherine really blows up that bubble is very very cool because like yes. she doesn't have the mind map, she has the phone she has an entire different way of not just um like interacting with the world but just like a different way of talking to everyone she just asserts herself all the time she is a full person always yeah Uh, act three giving you catherine's phone and suddenly you have all of the like flashback verbs is really cool yes because you're like doing puzzles with the recording uh, of a dialogue that you that was recorded years ago (laughs) yeah Uh, well not years it's like a few weeks ago was it a few weeks ago i guess it is yeah yeah last year recently last year yeah I love it. To me, I thought the implication was she. I guess it's been a while, and you're right. It doesn't. It's fine either way. It she died, and like things went bad with your brother. But because you didn't know about it until later, you you show up like two years later, and everything's really bad. But maybe I thought it was more like a couple weeks or months. It might be a couple weeks or months. It is like the next year, regardless. But yeah, it could be that way. Um, you were, like, you're not here like the day after it happened, right? Like no, you no, didn't no. Know. It's not the day after, but it's a little. It's uh It's not that because like Duck's still around. Like, yeah. Ducks in kind of the same space, but ducks and, at the point where everyone's like, well, "Something bad's gonna happen." Or not, duck. Um, your brother's like, "Something bad's gonna happen to him." Yes, um, I love that you get nothing with him. 
like you when you see when you finally meet with him he is just a sad face tied up to a chair and he never speaks to you like he just when you rescue him he runs away from you into the night and it's incredible uh th- there's no resolution there yeah because so, you're kind of expecting the whole time for the game to build up to finding your brother getting an answer to this orb uh and... <laughs> yeah the orb has no answer sorry and um just dealing with all of that and getting some kind of resolution there and the fact yeah. that your brother is just as much of an uncomfortable blank slate as you and you get all the like you care about him because the entire game is about saving him well but also Kay has guilt around her brother blaming her for leaving assuming that he blames her and that's why he's fallen apart not that he's a person who could just make his choices and fell apart on his own because Kay is someone who assumes that sort of responsibility right yes um but then when you like there's no there's no you don't even get to question it. you don't even get him to blame you he just runs into the night and you chase after him because no, you've had something like crazy ridiculous Coen brothers plot happen to you in the last half an hour of the game yes uh there's, there's no there's, there's no space to even deal with that and because of it, it contextualizes this like emptiness it's not just you meet your brother and have nothing happen because of the other scene where you like see the house and the flood of the future yeah uh you know you will still hang out with your brother. Your the relationship with you and your brother is not permanently severed. There's no like, there's well, there's no, uh, grand like collapse there. You're I guess you're back. What's weird because like the vision that you have in the drowning house is specifically that you'll rescue him and he'll be really thankful, but you still don't relate to each other and you'll talk less and less. And then someday you'll leave once again and he's not going to, and he's just gonna sit and watch you go because that's who he is and this yes. is who you are. Uh, it's so sad. It's uh, the scene, that scene of the house as the house fades away and in, there's just a void left. Uh, is I mean, it's the real ending of the game. Yes. <laughs> um, masterpiece stuff. Fucking love that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, really glad we played this one. It's very cool. Yeah, this is one one of my favorite games to play for normal mapping easily. Uh, On some level, it's weird because like classic. when we played when we did Disco Elysium. Uh, a lot of my reaction to that was as a game that is like universally beloved talking about how um, on some level, it's just kind of like a, a nice piece of genre fiction. And that it's weird to see people hype that up because we just don't get that enough in video games. Um, and to the point where I feel like some people thought we were very negative on Disco Elysium, which is a game I fucking love. Um, yes. <laughs> like all that news happened with them. And I was genuinely sad about it. Cause I was like, well, I mean, they'll probably still make more Disco Elysium, but like this could be from someone else. And it's sad to see that go. And, ironic obviously that disco elysium gets hit with this but everyone gets hit with this you can't make things under capitalism and have it be pure and good um but um this is also one of those like this is like like on some level this is like a coen brothers movie that doesn't exist slash like winter's but there's so many like there's winter's bone there's that one about uh running drugs to canada that we watched for repertory screenings you remember the name of that I don't oh that. yeah that one yeah there's so many types of this sort of like someone has to come home or is home in like a you know very low income part of the world where everyone's suffering uh because there's too much drugs and too much booze and not enough jobs or health care and that's just the world that that millions of people live in right now um that's a whole subgenre of like independent cinema <laughs> it's throughout books um and watching a game like just sit in that space um and be about that is like good but it's also one of the same ones where i was like this is like doing just genre stuff, like plus a few extra things. It, like the, the movie version doesn't need all of the sci-fi stuff. I'm glad it has it. I think it's cool when you meet a big bird in a closet. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and it turns <laughs> out it's like 
the decayed AI imprint of a guy you once knew. Yeah, it's whatever. It is what it is. She never learns that. That's the fucked up thing about it. Nor does she particularly give a shit. Yeah, no, she wouldn't care if she did, but... um. It is it's just a weird happenstance, right? Like you, because you meet that thing, it's like, oh, this is where it really blows up, and now we there's like a bird god and whatever, and that doesn't actually explain anything or solve any problem. There's literally a, an orb that might be from God that like bursts out of a giant bird in the swamp, and that doesn't mean anything because how is that going to help you pay rent or like fix your house? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it won't help you it, find your brother, so who cares? It's fucking great <laughs> yeah um fantastic game uh oh there's one that i wanted i wanted to tell you about because you didn't see it um there's a bit where you have to get a boat and there's two ways to get the boat you go and talk to like cabin a at the dock and you meet like <laughs> the fucking like paranormal society of the bayou uh hanging out um including dallas and that part's great and uh, yeah, i got I the love boat those that guys way. But then I was like, I still want to see if I can. So, and you go into B, and it's like this shitty guy and his girlfriend, and she, you, you like, you, they won't have, they won't give you the boat because you just barged into their house. Um, but you're like, if I get these two to fight, I could take the boat. I'm sure I could take the boat. That's also, what he is are. so obviously cheating on her. Yeah, uh, um, and you can say he's clearly cheating on you, and she, and she's just like the most in denial person ever. It's like, how dare you so discord like this? We're going to go uh, on the boat later, aren't we, baby? So um, you can talk to the guy. There's like a fisherman in silhouette at the pier. And if you talk to him, he's like, oh, yeah, he's got a new girl up there every week. It's crazy. Well, not right now because he's got this girl he's apparently more sweet on. And if you record that and listen to her, she'll throw a fit and ha they'll have a big fight and both storm out. And if they both leave, because you're just kind of like standing in the front door of their like little cabin or whatever. If they both leave, it's like the weirdest like dark joke in the game. It's revealed that there's just a baby sitting on the floor behind them. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and you can interact the baby and Kay is like oh shit I didn't know there's a baby we should probably go <laughs> and the oh like yeah God. we should definitely go we should have been here in the first place and you just walk out that's so good because I, I saw that happen and I was like I can clearly get in like I, I, I see the puzzle here I know that I can get through this but I went the other way and then I kept going down the thing I, was like, I guess I, I guess I missed that was just an optional thing and I I missed out because I could tell like the, the prompt to uh, say a bit of audio came up but I didn't have any relevant mm -hmm. ones Yeah, uh, I didn't know who I needed exactly to talk to to get that line yeah yeah um Sorry, I didn't. I hadn't. Didn't quite close that. I didn't that solve puzzle. it until. So I, I got the boat from the mystery team, and I went out. And when I got the readings on the orb, and I brought it back, that's when I was like, I'm gonna see if I can solve this one, and figured it out then. But I did it like right at the last second. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was like, that was such a funny. But I bet I could make them fight. I didn't realize there was a baby right behind them. There's a, yeah, there's shit. a baby right behind them. Oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> that's so good. That's so, man. That's yes. That is this game of microcosm. That's so good. Yeah. Um, and Kay and LeBlanc are both people like, no, we're time to leave. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I just think like it, all the, the characters in this game are delightful and they're like little, um, portraits into this, uh, awful town. Um, yes. and like what it is like to live here. Uh, but it's just so precise. It's setting up a sense of community with so little words. Like mm. just the way it handles the conversation, everyone has history with everyone even if they don't even like think about it in that those mm. terms um because like we barely mentioned kentucky reserve which is the big point of comparison with this game culturally and like the wider discourse but it, it's they're not similar even because kentucky reserve is all about going from place to place and getting these like vignettes of spaces on this well, yeah it's journey. about the american mythic like right. more like there's no specificity of here's a bunch of people who 
literally like your mom and all of the dirtbag guys who help you out knew each other since they were kids. They've just grown up here. Yes. And their parents knew each other too. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, what, where else are you going to go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I just, I, I think that the Kentucky Route Zero comparison is like kind of unhelpful because they're so different. Uh, and I like what Norco is doing so much more. Yeah. Um, there's no myth making in uh, in Norco other than like I guess like looking into religion and spirituality. But even that, uh, even that is like about how religion is an escape valve for people who are trapped under real problems that a religion cannot solve. It can help you get through the day, but it doesn't. It doesn't fix the like literal cancer running through your town, right? Yes. Uh, but there's no Norco makes no attempt to be like. In the way that both Disco Elysium and um, Kentucky Route Zero do, which are obviously like the you know the, the comparison points that have happened culturally, but like both those games are fairly self-important. I guess I don't even mean it in a critical way. Like Disco Elysium is a treatise on the failure of communism yeah. writ large. Kentucky I mean, Route Zero yeah, is the about big... the, like. Oh, go ahead. Kentucky Route Zero is like wants to be about the death of. Um, like, rural America and like the industrial revolution and not revolution, but like you know like when it, the thing that's dealing with healthcare and trying to escape the capitalism of america is like yeah. this grand statement that is meant to be universalized especially in that ending yeah uh nothing about norco is universalized it's about norco the town the real town that exists and you can go to uh, the thing the thing i like about the the, the difference here in disco elysium and this is like disco elysium is about being so burnt out that the imaginary requires there to be a literal act of supernatural happenstance to get people out of their like bullshit Mm -hmm. yes uh, like it's not until it's not until harris runs across a literal creature from who knows where until he is able to like move beyond the hell he lives in and yes. norco suggests that even if you meet creatures that are from the beyond you live in uh you still gotta fucking buy dinner next week <laughs> it's uh, yeah beautiful game loved it yeah 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 i, thought I it was don't really, really have much more to say other than uh this is just one of the best uh, games that we've uh, like picked on a whim. I was like, I wanted to play this. And we played it, and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. I have nothing else. We have a ton of questions, so we should Let's probably get to them. the many boatloads of questions we have to get through.
if you have questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. They can be about anything, not just uh, what game we're covering. Uh, anyway, um, first one is from Emrys, which is mostly about Fantasy Star 3, and Jax hasn't played Fantasy Star 3, so I don't want to like go on it at length. But it's mostly about Fantasy Star 3 is an infamously like derided game because it's got a weird structure and it's feels very different out of sorts uh having finished final uh, fantasy star 3 and watch all the endings and everything i thought that game fucking ripped i think it's the best fantasy star um i think the generational stuff is bold and even though i don't think it like i think it could go harder um i think at the time it's like revolutionary like dragon quest uh 4 has not happened yet uh and um it's good uh my favorite character is uh is um ren love ren yeah. Um, who's just a cool cyborg who turns into a jet ski. I uh, love him. Uh, anyway, people should play Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star 4 is on my docket. I just needed a Fantasy Star break because I played 2 and 3 like back to back. David writes in, what's the worst game you ever bought on XBLA? Um, Beyond Good and Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't have as much funny answers as you because I this came up in the Discord and you were like, "Stop ruining my answer!" And now you've forgotten what I said. Was it Beyond Good and Evil? No, it was uh, Star Trek Dak. Oh, I did not. No, I wanted you to stop burning cast because I did not buy Star Trek Dak. Uh, my answer is Comic Jumper. You know, Comic Jumper isn't very good. The, the Twisted Pixel game. I was a huge fan of Twisted Pixel. I loved them all. I bought them all when it came out because I was buying basically anything that looked remotely good on XBLA. And I loved them all. And I liked Explosion Man quite a bit. Um, and then Comic Jumper happened. And I was like, oh, okay. Shit. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, it's not It's not great. It's not a great game. Yeah. Um, that's mine. I bought a lot of bad games on... Uh, the the joking answer of course is limbo bad video game but it's definitely not actually the worst game i've bought xbla uh no limbo is not very good but like come on yeah uh, yeah uh, also- that, that was my immediate reaction like i don't i couldn't remember exactly more than that i wasn't buying that many xbla games right like yes. at the time yeah because uh, like i turned 18 in 2012 and that's kind of after the xbla era yeah uh, David also asks, what beloved high-profile franchise would fill you with the most dread upon hearing that its next mainline entry would be free-to-play? Any of them. Whichever one I like the most. I, like, all of them. Uh, there's not a single... There's not one... There isn't one where I go the other way and go, that'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I'm I, like, what's, what's, the, what's the franchise I have the most continued hope that is just going to be good every time one comes out? I was—I would say Animal Crossing, but they fucked that both ways. They both made a free-to-play one that's terrible, and they made a paid one that's also terrible. So, <laughs> so on both sides, that one—you uh, drained all hope there. Yeah, I'm like, what? What game? Like, I guess you could say like, if if the next Team Ninja game was like a free-to-play loot grindy left left to die type thing, I'd be really mad because I'm already annoyed that yeah, I like, like I have one of Stranger those. Paradise. I think I think if like if like double fight made a free to play game, I'd be really bummed about it. Sonic. Oh, oh, you know what? That's a pretty. Bad <laughs> one. I'm not even so- enthused about the new Sonic, but like, ugh. Good evening, Jackson. How can I help? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, Faden writes in. What city or region would you like to see in a Norco inspired game? I feel like we got another one of these too, so I'll knock that one out too. Um, don't remember from whom my apologies in advance um 
I'd like to see these for anywhere. I don't think there's like, I, the thing about this is if like the places that are notable are not the places where I want to see this. Like, I'd love to see some of these set in the Midwest. Like, Considered Zero is not it in the right way. It does not feel like living in Nebraska to me at all. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a there's a game that could be more like that. That's like somewhere between like Dagger Zero and like Bees Wing. I think is like close to the reality, but it doesn't exist. Yeah, because I was gonna say like, you know, for me, it'd be more like a British thing. But that Bees, Bees Wing is that like it's already yes. that's for Scotland rather than England, you know, England yeah. but uh, has enough. Like, I see a lot of uh, my own like childhood being kind of poor in the uk in b-swing um very relatable but yes uh that's like my like my only answer can be places i'm familiar with right because the other answers are places i don't know about but i would like to hear about other if i knew about them i wouldn't be able to say them as an answer if that made sense uh because i don't know anything about norco which is why this game is so cool mm-hmm. um um Abyss writes in, I often hear M in my head say, explore this space, which is not, I don't think that's the thing I say. Is that a thing I say? A little bit, but not really. Um, I started wondering what space I'd like to explore, not live in, but like walk through and look at like hyper-realistic VR or something. Um, Landed on pre-fall Bioshock, Rapture, maybe Morrowind. What would you like to explore as your space? The Enterprise D. Yeah, that's a good one. That's like the default (laughs) one. Um, kind of an easy answer, garden. but yeah. You know what? Yeah. I love I love the garden. Garden's so cool. Square Enix gonna turn around and make a complete 3D model to explore of Balam Garden. You're gonna be like, oh gross. Oh, yeah, that. They won't oh, do ugh. it right. They won't do it right. Yeah. Um the thing about garden that's important is that yes, it's a weird cyber fortress, but also it has like a fucking cafeteria because there's a school there, a functional school in there. Yes, and the other thing is just like the most the, the most aesthetic thing about Battle Garden to me is the lines on the floor that tell you where to go that have the writing on them, and that is a thing that is in like actual places that you walk yes. along. But you, because of how third person games can travel, they made that space now. They never put the lighting on, writing on the floor because you don't look at the floor when you walk in a third yeah. person game. Uh, so they just wouldn't be able to like. It, it's such an isometric space, I guess. Yep um alex writes in either of you played citizen sleeper which is a no i know that's a no for both of us i know that's another that's another game that i uh is similar in in this vein i would like to play yeah um should i play grim fandango or full throttle i came up through like mist broken sword the dig and somehow missed all these i would not put that in the same space um but yes you should you should do that i should play full throttle full throttle is fantastic the uh remastered version they put out a couple years back at this point is uh the way to go with that one because it has there's one puzzle in particular that has like a really like just like a pixel hunty thing and you can just hit tab and find all interactable objects it makes it really easy that's a really relatively straightforward game with like some great voice acting like it a lot grim fandango one of the best games but also it's kind of a pain in the ass and some of the puzzles are really bad so you should play it but don't be afraid to use like a hint guide or something yeah um and then jackson yep pretend you're working in a games guide seo mill one okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to my hide space i'm there i'm there i, I also cool. it's 2006 oh that's way better it's <laughs> my pay more actual money <laughs> yeah. like uh, i'm all get, on the waning end of that but i'm still in it for a little bit uh, give alex seven things they need to know before playing dead rising okay crack my knuckles i had i thought about this but i don't have it like written down number one obviously you can and should restart uh when you play the game treat your initial 
two playthroughs i guess as exploratory uh this is the thing that tripped me up immediately i was like i need to do it all in one playthrough uh, making notes of what you find and where, uh, leveling up your character, accepting the failures that come because it doesn't matter, you're going to be doing this again, uh, and actively planning for more efficient routes for future runs. Uh, okay, number two. Uh, remember books. Books are very, very helpful. Uh, combine this with the first tip because um, if knowing that you're going to fail means you're going to be more willing to experiment with books even though they take a uh, valuable inventory space, which you get more of as you level up. Uh, number three, don't you know don't be afraid to grind some levels they help this is kind of an rpg uh number four um don't use guns they're not worth it they, they seem like a good idea don't worry about them they'll be useful in certain battles with humans but against zombies guns are pretty much pointless uh that's four right or was that three i believe that's three <laughs> fuck um Okay, four. Uh, oh, there is a uh, there is a secret passage in the toilet that can take you between the two sides of the mall. This is very useful when ex- when uh, escorting any uh, uh, survivors. Uh, number five, escort as many survivors as possible. The XP is always worth it. And again, if you're going to be restarting a few times, it's not like uh, it matters if one of them dies. Don't go back to a save point just play out uh uh like if you lose a survivor play out till uh the end of the thing i got two left oh my god this is so much harder than i thought it would be um what what's the what's the con- unlocking conditions of frank the pimp is that save everyone i said no, save everyone. frank the pimp is have eight survivors with you at okay. one time and they're all that winning. sounds like a pain in the ass it's a pain in the fucking ass that's just one of the achievements don't worry. oh yeah number six don't worry about the achievements just don't it's just fine don't worry about it i know it's 2006 but everyone really worries about the achievements but uh it's fine don't worry about it um and then um Hmm. Number seven. What's the final final Dead Rising tip? Uh, uh, there's a there's a, there's a shop in right by the uh, supermarket in the, the sh- shut down bit of the mall where you can get all the guns you'll ever need as like the place to stock things. I guess I did, make note of like the four and most important stores that you can always go to to get stuff at any given point because uh, that's one of them. You want that one? Then the swords in the front of the mall. Uh, there's any food court will have a million orange juices in them to fill back up your health. Uh, there you go. Seven things to worry about with Dead Rising. Great. Man, um, Dead Rising is so fucking good. I uh, I don't go here, but I know that you believe this. It seems cool. I just, at the time, I had so much anxiety about, I was like, oh, I need to do it in one run. I need to get all the achievements. I need to get the Mega Buster, blah, blah, blah. I'm running over all the zombies in the tunnel to get the Mega Buster, and then I never even completed that because I didn't really understand the game played, and it was just hard to do. <laughs> so when you say you don't like Dead Rising, what you're saying is you don't like running into a wall 50 times in a row instead of playing Dead Rising. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's how the internet tells you to play Dead Rising if you've never played Dead Rising before. Oh, no. Like, the thing the thing for me when I realized I was going to enjoy Dead Rising was realizing that the restarting the game was just freeing, and it allowed you to open up to failure more. Um rather than being punishing like that's that's how i can enjoy the uh time limit and the, and the death stuff is because i know that i'm any one run is just uh you know probably not a big deal yeah uh may louise writes in what is your favorite healing system in a video game i've been playing resident evil and i think that one's up there with me i assume you mean just combining red and green herbs 
I do like to combine Resident Evil. I do like that in Resident Evil, but that's not really. I thing. like the Metal Gear Solid Three. Do all the weird, gnarly field medicine, patch yourself up stuff. That is fun. That is fun. I love when I have to burn off leeches. <laughs> oh, when you've gone in the swamp and you got to burn off leeches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Metal Gear Solid Three. Someone on the forum the other day uh, was like, "Does anyone know any?" Uh, story-driven cutscene games like Metal Gear Solid 3 and I was like yeah I fucking wish mate <laughs> I played I played Normal Heroes 3 and it was kind of similar but it didn't do it the same I bet it didn't uh, does anyone know any games like the best games of all time anyone anyone got these for me please answer the question um I don't know uh I also like the interest 3 thing but I'm like I guess I like Halos. I like having the shield and like having I like having enough to get I know I like knowing that I can be okay without all the health stuff yeah. Um, but it depends on the kind of game. Like it, that wouldn't work. You couldn't put uh, like regenerating health in Resident Evil even slightly because it would fuck up the uh, resource gathering. Uh, Halo specific like shield plus health is like just yes. really good to me. I think I've Halo heard. one, uh, yeah. like not Halo Halo two and three because they're just yeah they're just, they're just recharges. Yeah, yeah. No, I I genuinely think Halo one has just a cool health system, which that was more prevalent in games. Yes. Um. All right. Barely shiny rates in. Um. Famous VTuber the other month, Hosho Marine, who I love, one of my favorites, revealed that she'd made an RPG Maker game in her youth and then proceeded to show it off on stream. My question is, you have to decide which famous person you'd like to reveal that they secretly made an RPG Maker game in their youth and then watch them play it. Who you got? I mean, we kind of said this uh, the other other week. Um, when we I think this about is a it. different question. I think this is a way different question in that I want, they have to, perf- you have to watch them play the thing they made when they were young. Uh, I know, but we, we uh, it won't be when he was young, but I would like David Lynch to have made an RPG Maker game in 2006 and then play it. That's fair. You're not wrong, um, I guess. But in the in the, which famous person to secretly re- secretly reveal they made one? Yeah. I mean, there's I I would I would do any right. You know, you just pick any fucking sports person. Uh. That was my like real answer, but I don't, I don't, I don't have anyone like desperate to know. Like Marines, Marines one was so funny. That's yes. a classic. It is, but good. I, I don't know. I, I don't really know enough celebrities to ask this in a, in a real way. Um, you know what? That, you, you're allowed. You're allowed. Um, I think, I think my choice is John Cena. <laughs> you know what? That's a fucking <laughs> great choice. <laughs> Um, not only not only in that John Cena is very entertaining in the present, but also what does like teenage John Cena think is cool about a video game? It's probably deeply embarrassing. <laughs> um, uh, doesn't he like video games? Yes, but like his taste when he's young is probably yeah, no, like ridiculous. I was like, hang on, does he even? He does play video games because he was he was the, yes he was. I was like, what was it? Yes, he was asking them to make a new Metroid. <laughs> was he really God? Yes, in 2017, he asked Nintendo to make a proper 2D Metroid. <laughs> yeah, Cena's favorite movie is the Fist of the North Star film. So, God, you're yes, you're so you're right. This is guy. the fucking correct answer. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nat writes in: Would this game be better without puzzles? How do you define puzzles? Uh, you know, uh, do puzzles perform an important role in the experience? If so, could they be replaced by something else that doesn't does the same or similar work? Also, same question, but about combat. Um, I feel like this is uh, fairly well covered in the discussion, but uh, I quite like the puzzle. I, I think the puzzle. It's weird because, like, 
I don't think it would I don't think it would change the game that much, but also like this is what the this is what the video game is. It's a game it's a game about you explore the space and put two and two together and like move the thing forward. And most of the puzzles are really simple in that way to like make that easier. I th I genuinely think that the game like the the game uses its puzzles to encourage you to think about the space and the world and the connections in it in a way mm -hmm. that it, if this was all just a visual novel and it cut out all the puzzles wouldn't it wouldn't hit as good. I think I think they are used to direct you like mentally to consider the the world in a certain way. And I think it's important to the way the game's designed. Um yeah, that's fair. It's like an adventure game is resistant to progress. Like, that's what a puzzle is. Like, it's an impedance to you moving the story forward. But usually that is meant to encourage you to, like, find new spaces and put things together in ways that wouldn't naturally occur to you, following a logic that is dictated by the world. In the best games, that just flows really naturally. You understand, oh, I see the chips under LeBlanc's car, but I need to apologize to him because he, I, I kind of hurt his feelings and now he's not going to talk to me. He's just sitting, stewing in his car. If I make him feel better, he'll pull away and I can get the chips and feed him to that kid who's hungry in the mall. Yes. Um, which is like basic puzzling, right? Like this is not, this is not cat mustache from Gabriel Knight three, right? <laughs> no, but it is like considering the link between certain things yes. and how they line up. I think that is like, it, it I think it mean, make, means something. I think it means something in the way you consider the space and the people in it and the, the way you interact with things. Mm -hmm. And I think Norco uses those interactions really well to shape your focus. Um, the combat though, I, I could take or leave. I think it looks cool, but I did not engage with it meaningfully. Mm -hmm. Um, Eric writes in, uh, asking about Mega Man X2 and what I thought of the final level boss. Thought the only part of X1 that's better than X2 is the final level boss. Eh, take or leave it. I just don't think Sigma's very compelling. Generally, I just don't care. Um, I don't think, I, yeah, I just don't think Sigma's cool. And I know he's just the boss of all these. Um, Sigma in X3 is really bad. He's just a big robot. He fucking sucks. It's bad. Bad, bad game. I would probably have more opinions, but then I played X3 instead, and now I just think of that, and I get mad. So, this is my take. Yeah. Um, Neil writes in, what's better, a long level like a train, or a tall level like a tower? Tower, every time. Tower. Tower's so sick. Love well, well, it depends. It depends, because if you're in a tower, uh, there's a likelihood that you're going to get the worst level which is the square lift that goes up and you have to fight enemies on it and do nothing else, which is always hell. Um, I feel like you get that more in bases than you do towers, but yeah, you may be right. Um, I was specifically thinking of like Zelda, Dragon Quest Two towers where you're falling through floors to get to bot. That shit, I eat up. Love it. Well, yeah, generally I like tower because I think tower is much better at separating each floor into a different like, space. Trains aren't just long, they're also uh, narrow. Yes. Um, so I feel like they um, just lend themselves to very samey levels. Yes. Uh, I've enjoyed some train levels, but I generally enjoy tower levels more. Yeah. The New Pork City Tower, where you're fucking going into weird spaces all the way up, floor 100 yes. everywhere. It's so good. Love it. Um, Nora writes in, if you could have one video game pet in real life, what would it be? Not Pokemon. Can't Slime. pick a Pokemon. Slime? Slime's pretty good. Um... I think I'm gonna pick a chocobo. Jack Frost. <laughs> it's like it's like high maintenance because it's a big fucking bird that could probably kill you. Like 
birds that size in real life are extremely dangerous animals, but chocobos are cute. I don't think a chocobo is going to like disembowel you like an emu would. Um, <laughs> I don't think a chocobo is going to disembowel me. Last quote from a uh, person disemboweled. <laughs> <laughs> By chocobo, yes. Um, high potion HI or high potion HIGH. H-O-G-H. Come on now. It's a high H-I. I'm H-I. This, I think this might just be generational gap here. This is, I mean, I assume they wrote it that way in like the PlayStation 1 more because they didn't have the fucking yes. space. But it's the high, it's a high potion. They both mean, I don't think of like high potion meaning like anything other than H-I-G-H. I just like the abbreviation. I think it's like visually appealing to me. Uh, sure. Whatever. I mean, I don't really, th- I, don't, I don't think I've seen high potion H-I-G-H in a game because at that point you're, you're giving them different names. Yeah. Like high potion, I think from the like fire one, fire two era. Like what? Get out of here. Yeah. Um. Then final question: What's the coolest meaning for MP? Uh, I. Th- what do you do? You. Hmm. I guess I think of them as magic points, but I assume they might be mana points to some people. Metroid Prime. I don't know. Max Payne. I was gonna say Max <laughs> Payne. So you you beat me to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um i it's it's magic points i'm i don't like mana stupid i think the word mana is a stupid word <laughs> i don't want to spell magic with a k either i magic points normal yes um is the uh, nick writes in is the protagonist of a game having a special bloodline destiny more palatable their life sucks regardless um i mean them i i am dubious on the fact that there is a special bloodline destiny of any of the characters in, in norco <laughs> yeah I would it's not just describe... a thing a guy said, and everyone scoffs at it. I would not describe this as, like, being the chosen one in the video game, chosen one narrative. Yeah. Um, Onion Bug writes in, if you go back any time to watch the development of any one game, what would it be? Hmm. I mean, I, I definitely want to pick a game that's, like, a known disaster, right? Or yeah, there are definitely known disasters disaster. I would love to see. Like, I'd like to see what went on with MGS5, I guess. It just make me sad, but I would like to Ooh. know. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good one. Uh, trying to remember specific known disasters that I'm I'm invested in, I guess. <laughs> that's the trick. Uh, Dumbly Cry 2, what the fuck? Uh, well, we know what happened there. Yeah, I know. But that, one, that one's not that. really a mystery. Um, I want to be a like, fly on the wall as every choice for New Horizons is made. I assume most of them are like, oh god, COVID, but... No. That game comes out before COVID. The, I know, the game but comes I, out... the, the tale of the ways in which things were released for that game afterwards oh, yeah, is like a yes. huge part of the problem. Yeah, yes, that's true. Um, just watching... I, I would love to just be in every single meeting about Final Fantasy XV from the yeah. Versus days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good one. And then I'm gonna use my influence to convince Demura that he was right and it should be a musical. Because <laughs> there was a phase where he's like, "Let's well, what if it was a musical?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Absolutely, I'd love a musical video game. Fucking kidding me. Anyway, Autumn writes in: If you met a genie who gave you three wishes, but they were only game wishes, a game genie, if you will. That's me editorializing, not Autumn, but uh, writes itself. What would you wish for? Do keep in mind that genies cannot be trusted. Okay, so I've been thinking about this, and obviously I'm like, well, the genie's going to be trusted, but you know, I I can outsmart a genie. Um, if we uh, 
bring back everyone with the Dragon Balls one time, with a, if they're contained within another wish, they can get them come back again. <laughs> um. <sighs> I would like there to be... <laughs> sure, given the genies cannot be trusted, here we go. I would like there to be uh, a Metal Gear game every two years that does not have free-to-play elements. Everything else can be left up to the fucking genie. <laughs> I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. Uh, doesn't doesn't say who it has to be made by. Then that I, whatever. Let's go. Let's leave this to pure chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would like. Because the, the thing is, though, they're all like, oh, "I want old games that died back." I'd like that to be Tony Hawk's again, right? Like, uh, I thought like there's a kind of boring. Um, Boring question. Boring way to answer it. I would. Uh, here you go. I would like to see the alternate history if every single engine that Japan was making in the PS3 era worked immediately. <laughs> Damn, that's a good one. Uh, don't know. Like, I don't know how that happens. The G- that's the problem for the genie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I want hand. I want the 3DS to live forever. Um, all right. Uh, my wish is I want the two Metal Gear Solid 5 games voiced by David Hayter. <laughs> you don't want to go bigger on that wish, but yeah, no, I mean, I no. guess you're right. I they should have they should have had David Hayter the whole time. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. um, I would like Satoru Iwata to never have gotten sick and died. <laughs> See what That's happens. true, save a man's life. Um, I like this with saving for Storowata, but uh, Gumpa Yokoi is still dying in that car crash. <laughs> I thought about Gumpa Yokoi, and I was like, I'm not wasting two wishes on bringing people back from the dead. <laughs> I literally had this thought, and I was like, which one do I think is the more interesting history? And I think it's I think it's Iwata still in charge of Nintendo. Oh, it's, it's easy to imagine, like, oh, Nintendo might have been so much better with him in charge of the Switch. And that's probably not true. It probably would have made very little difference. But um... I, I think the ways in which it'd be bad would be different. I think it'd still be bad, yes, but... Anyway, um, and I think for my third wish, uh, Milo got finished and came out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> You're so evil! You're more evil than the genies! <laughs> <laughs> Many people are saying this about <laughs> Milo's gonna explode like millions. <laughs> <laughs> you thought he was a real boy, but he was a spy. God. <laughs> um... Cool Swords writes in, how do you decide what platform to get games on? Um, depends where I'm playing them at the time. Um, yeah, so normally I'm like, I look at, make sure that like one of the ports is not categorically worse than the others. <laughs> okay, obviously. the f- first thing I do is I Google Digital Foundry plus game if it's a big enough game to matter, and I see if yeah. it runs at 60 on console. <laughs> um, And then the question becomes, do I think I want to play it in bed? Or do I think yes. I want it to look as nice as possible? And that determines console or handheld. Um, this got real weird this past week with a Steam Deck instead of a Switch because the answer was almost never get it on Switch unless it was really something I didn't care how it looked and ran because Switch games run like shit. Blue um, Reflection 2. But um, now it's more complicated. So I, I have, The thing is, most big games I'm probably still just going to play on a console because I've got the consoles. They run really nice. They're plugged into my 4K TV. It looks incredible. Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, until they try to sell me new versions of the consoles and I go, no, sir, I shan't be buying the PlayStation 5 Pro. Um that's generally how i'm going for now uh cool swords follows us up with should i get a steam deck uh if you if you don't know the answer to this it's the answer is no that's no yeah 
this is my this is my thing on everything. If you're asking and you want me to give you permission to buy the thing in your heart you want, you have my permission. You should go get the thing you want. Chase your bliss. You're gonna die. You can't take it with you. Who cares? Um, if you if you are like don't if you want to be convinced, you don't you don't need it. That's just yeah. it. If you need to be convinced, I'm not gonna do the convincing. I'll enable you to make all the bad decisions, but I don't want to talk you into a thing and then be on the hook for it. If you don't know if you want it, you don't want it. Yes. And when that changes, you don't need my permission. You'll just get one. Um, and then, uh, are there any games on the new consoles that really impressed you? Uh, a follow up, anything that felt like it couldn't have been possible in the previous generation? No, for and, that one, other than Ratchet and, and Clank, then, I guess, but no. And then I just want to say that, like, we've got this open in Gmail, and then underneath there are three auto email response buttons which read, I don't, sorry, not that I know of, and not really. And uh, they're all, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all true. <laughs> I mean, we've always said that, like, the feature of these new consoles is that the old games run well and load quickly. Um, yes. And I feel like the gamer focus on, like, where's the real next gen? It's just silly. Like, the, like, the next gen. I was, watching, I was watching a very bad video, not by anyone who matters, about uh, Gotham Knights yesterday. Um, and they were like, it's clearly apparent that these consoles have been tapped out already. And I'm like, no, it's not. Are you kidding me? There hasn't even been one full generation of games by developers on these consoles yet. <laughs> This is a cross-gen... Okay, the thing... I've seen people saying that uh, the Gotham Knight situation is, like, proof of anything. It's proof of nothing other than the management... WB at, does uh, not run a fucking game studio, yes. <laughs> right, because, like, the optimization is so bad, and you know that's due to, like, planning and, like, stupid decisions being made up top, right? That's just that's how the budget yeah. for optimization works in video games. There was that one video you watched that I watched that floated that this problem might have started as, like, an Avengers-style live service game, and then they, when Avengers failed, they cut all that out, and I, be I believe it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he showed that currency screen, and I was like, "Fuck yes. yeah!" Obviously, just clearly, yeah. something, ha something happened here. I don't know exactly what, but something definitely happened here. Yeah. It was not a smooth development process for damn sure. Uh, but this game was meant to be on the PS4, like, and they only cancelled that fairly recently. Uh, yeah. So clearly, whatever went wrong was went wrong in the optimization period, not in the like scoping out of the possibilities of new consoles. It doesn't prove anything in any direction other than making games is hard. Uh, yeah. Uh, games I've been impressed by. Let's see. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Um, I would not say I was impressed by Miles Morales. It ran really nice. I wouldn't say I'm like... That Matrix demo was really cool. Can't get that anymore, so it kind of doesn't count. Why uh, did they get rid of that? I don't understand why they got rid of that. It's weird. Um, um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like mentally going to the list of like next-gen only video games that I've played, and it's like Deathloop. Well, that didn't really do uh, it. Um, I have not played any Deathloop, so. And also, I don't think that's going to be on my list if I did. Um, I genuinely think it's it's Ratchet and Clank. I, I don't think you could have made that. I mean, it wouldn't have loaded the way it does, the way it, like, zooms through areas. The, the scope of that game is big in a way that's really impressive. And that's literally it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's it. Um... Like, there's games I'm glad I played on new console. They load fast, like Final Fantasy VII Remake. But, like... It's not, it's not like couldn't been done or is radically different. Like it just doesn't have load times anymore, which is great, but it's not like a game changer for most people. Honestly, to the point where like, I'm, I understand that developers find the Xbox Series S a nightmare. This has been a thing that's been going around lately. Like, oh, we have to scope for old consoles. I am happy. Please keep scoping for old consoles because I would like to run the game to 60. <laughs> thank you. Thank well, my you thing much. with that is like, everyone's also got to put their game out on PC and those also run like shit mostly because no one has a big PC. So I don't understand no. what they're talking about. I feel like they're talking about their ass. I mean, no, no, no one's lying, right? No, there's no like yeah. dev conspiracy. We're not saying no, that. No, no. Uh, but 
I do think a lot of those discussions happen with people saying things as true without considering like how much these uh things that are framed as technical decisions are actually labor decisions yes uh which obviously is our position <laughs> anyway. uh yeah um but yeah no there hasn't really been con new console shit that like really blows me away other than that one uh, you get one i guess i would yeah. love to think otherwise but when i think of like things i've liked playing on my xbox like final Fantasy 15 and sable <laughs> sable <laughs> runs like shit wherever you play it <laughs> That's so true. What a badly performing game. It doesn't end up mattering. Yeah. Uh, John writes in, my Steam Deck has saved me from my sketchy Raspberry Pi handheld. Uh, I hope the Steam Deck would mostly just work, and it mostly does. Have you been enjoying your time with it so far? Well, Jackson doesn't have one, and uh, it's been fine. Any go-to bindings you use for the grip buttons or the trackpads? Um, not really. Like, on my Switch, I have the Hori Split Pad Pro, which has back buttons, so I've been really used to playing visual novels with, like, back paddle being advanced text which i've just adopted steam deck for visual novels for some reason goes left trigger is like let right click and right trigger is left click and i never want to pull triggers that many times Are you fucking kidding me i'm going to use the back buttons that is absolutely a default control scheme made for yeah. shooters <laughs> yes i know um and i uh, i do i do enjoy the touch i think the touch is really nice i like the steam controller it feels like an evolution of the ideas in the steam controller um i use it a lot actually so um and then there's a question about slice and dice, uh, which I don't think either of us know anything about, right? Uh, no. But how do roguelikes tend to sit with you generally? I, honestly, one of the things about getting a Steam Deck is I'm hoping it gets me back into roguelikes, to genre I really liked in the first big wave. Like, I played dozens of hours of Splunky. I played hundreds of hours of Binding of Isaac. But then, like, with, like, the wave of, like, Rogue Legacy plus, uh, like, Dead Cells, I kind of fell out of the genre. And I'd like to get back in, just not with games like that. I got like yeah. World of Horror, which is one of those kind of, and um, I uh, I picked up Caves of Cud, um, which I I'm messing with a little bit. That's very intimidating, but it seems really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. um, that game doesn't run that great on. It runs fine. The controls on that game are a nightmare, um, and I might just end up mostly playing it on my actual PC, but um, until I figure out what I'm doing, because uh, that's a game that uses all the buttons on a keyboard, because it's a roguelike, actual roguelike uh damn yeah uh it's cool because it looks like an ascii game but it has actual graphics and it's just doing a lot of interesting stuff um seems neat um yeah roguelikes is just one i kind of felt i played a little bit of dicey dungeons like a couple like weeks ago and that game seems really neat there's stuff like i feel like the the genre has kept going and there's cool stuff it's just hard to know everything's such a time commitment that it's hard to feel like i want to spend the time yes. and find one that and bounce off because bouncing off one feels bad it feels so bad uh like i've had a bit of slay the spire and i like to play more of that that one seems cool and like more up my alley but my often frustration with a lot of roguelikes is if i like the game i would rather play the game with level design and uh combat encounters that are crafted yes um which is not always like i know some people prefer the infinite like randomness of a roguelike but generally i i go the other way like i played um oh what's it called uh heat signature uh oh, yeah, yeah which i think is um a game that would have been fantastic if it had levels uh, but it doesn't so it uh sucks um because it has like this incredible like metal solid style tool set of stealth tools that all interact with npcs in interesting ways and like are about changing the states of the enemies and the, and the world right as you progress through it but the world is just a randomly generated series of corridors with npcs that have no like 
programming beyond their basic stuff because they you can't like design a space and a person for it right uh yeah. and i feel like it kills the game dead like that one is maybe my most why was this a roguelike i know why it was a roguelike because everyone complained that uh gunpoint was uh three hours long which it was and it was better for it mm-hmm. um but damn yeah so that's kind of where i am uh adam writes in if y'all could have a video game set in your hometown what kind of genre and story would you want it to have my hometown uh, mine would be an adventure game, but also it would have like a. It would it, you, we would go to locations, but in between locations, you would get in a car and it'd be like desert bus where you're just fucking driving on the interstate anywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. I think mine would be like a Shenmue. Oh yeah. Um, specifically because. Like, I was in London suburbs, right? Which are just yeah. less car separated than yeah. where you grew up. Uh, so I think you can do, like, just walking around the town and the spaces a little better. Um, I don't know what specific story you would do in a boring... What if it's a Shenmue about just being in a band? Getting a band together? Yeah, like, like something like that. I mean, if they um, made a Shenmue, but it's like Ongaku R Sound, that'd be the greatest video game ever made. Yeah, there you go. Nailed it. <laughs> Did it in one. <laughs> But but like, it's in but it's in London now, so it's really obnoxious. Actually, <laughs> it's not it's not in London. You can't take the train any further than let's say Sutton, okay. uh, maybe Croydon. You can go to Croydon, I guess. But you're not going into Central London. I emphatically do not want you going to Central London in this game. Okay, just South London game. Um, Tanner writes in with a long one about um, Tanner lived in Kenner, Louisiana, uh, which is very similar to the place explored in this game. Um, it's a suburb of New Orleans. Looks like the place in Orco, and even Kenner John's name is a nod to the reference to the real world place. Never seen a place that looked just like a place I'd grown up in. Um, made the game very surreal. Um, so, going question is: Any game ever led to a strong real world resonance for you, whether it's from depicting a real world location you knew well, or just triggering some sort of sense memory for you? I think um, the one that most feels like places I've been in real life is when I when we talk about Beeswing. That's really felt like small towns like my mom grew up in yeah i mean bees had like emotional resonance right of like mm-hmm. um just really precise portrayal of uh, a particular kind of strange british ennui um but then i also have things like because i lived in london like i there are video games where i can drive past mcdonald's that i've been to in real life yeah um which is it does trigger this but i feel like it's a little cheating <laughs> Uh, especially now that I'm no longer in London and can no longer do that. Yeah. Um, Jade Wright said, and was something I had not actually, I, I sent some of this over to you to look at, but I forgot one piece of information here. But Jade's father-in-law had Jade play this, uh, who is a cancer researcher from this area in the real world, and uh, put it on the radar to play back in its early access period. This game was in early access? What did that okay. look like? What is that? I, was it? Was it? I don't, I don't know. That's what this says. I have no idea. Um I don't think and, it was. I, I okay. assume this is a slight misunderstanding of what, what happened. I don't know. Okay. Um, but specifically sends a thing about uh, Cancer Alley, which is real part of America around the Mississippi River Delta, where yes. uh, because of all the fucking refineries and plants, uh, cancer is, is just, you know, uh, way higher. Higher rates of cancer than the rest weird. of the United States. Yeah, weird. Um, it's like a UN noted site of, inst- like, what was it? It was... Uh, UN Human Rights Committee uh, described it as a uh, site of environmental racism. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
I love when the UN comes into a country and says, this thing you're doing is fucked up and evil on every level, and then everyone ignores it. Yes. Really makes me feel valued in the world. <laughs> um, we have an anonymous email. Despite most remakes being uh, a, sitting, uh, a stifling aspect of culture and media, the problems of game remakes has become especially obnoxious recently, with like Sony and their quote-unquote remakes. Uh, are there any remakes you've enjoyed or found essential? I found that many RPG remakes brought a game to a handheld system that had a bunch of great quality of life ideas. Despite the blatantly capitalistic nature of remakes, are there any you want to see made? Two questions. Best favorite remakes and ones you would like to see. I mean, there's a lot of ports I would like to see, and maybe you can put some like quality of life things in there, right? But I'm never, I'm very, very like, oh, I would like to see this done up with new graphics and a new engine. Um, um, Resident Evil remake is the gold standard for yes. a good remake that transforms the work into something better, like different. I would argue better, but like, I love that remake. It's a really cool game. Um, uh, Twin Snakes, I think, is has value and it's cool. Twin Snakes, uh, is I, cool. it's not as beloved as remake, but Twin Snakes rules. But I'm thinking about like anything I would like to see, and it's all just like I would like a game ported up, right? It's not remakes. Yes. In the way. I would I, like I would like a version of Final Fantasy three that has some quality of life features that runs on a like a console that I own. I, I would like. How have you fucked this up so badly? You've, it's not like you haven't been releasing it. You've released like that game six times. How do you keep fucking this up? Yeah, I don't get it. I'm just gonna play the Famicom version with like a fan translation at this point. Um, uh, I would like Dragon Quest Three to be remade in HD2D style anytime now, please. Thank you. If you would, yeah. hurry up with that. Please put that out. God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have any that like. You like? I would like this remade. It was like an actual ground up remake. I just don't. I, I I play too many old games. And I'm just like I'm fine with old games being what they are. Um, though if yeah. you, if someone wants to take another shot at a pod racing video game, it doesn't even have to be a remake of Epsilon Racer. Um, I'd take it. I'd I'd enjoy that. Please, thank you. That'll be the free to play game from the other. Oh, game. that's the worst. <laughs> You're right, and I hate it. You can customize your pod. You can like uh, pull different uh... characters. Uh man, I can see it. I can see the whole design. They can they can turn Apex Legends mode on a on a pod racer game. Yep. Um, Hilver writes in. Uh, played the game. Got the one where you go to space, which I I, I didn't actually see the ending. I meant to look it up and never got around to it. Do you actually go to space or just explode? I assumed it was just going to explode. Uh, it kind of like is vague. It goes into another okay. text scroll, I think. Um, because the the game is very clear that it's not a real. They did not build a real rocket. They didn't accidentally make a real spaceship. It's it's going to fucking explode. Uh, let me find a specific um, video. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember this one because I also went and escaped. Yeah, but because my my final save is like right in the final room, and if you if you send Papa, if you do the things where you talk to the, you like play the guy the recording, you give him the doll. But I gave him the recording, and he went to go see his dad. So there's no one in the control room, so he has to leave which means you escaped. I couldn't find any way to trigger the bad end where you're stuck in the chair. I don't even think you can at that point. So. And my last save had been before everything in that final like site. And I wasn't going to go do all that again. So uh, I'm reading this. <laughs> you absolutely explode. You fully yeah. completely explode. You explode. I, I'm unless there's a different ending, but like they're launching the spaceship and then the, the goes white and the screen goes black and it gives another bit of text scroll, which is what I did remember. And it's like, every sense of you is burning you become pure radiant light above norca which is you fucking exploding to me yeah um okay so my memory was right about what i saw but yeah I, um I... we've answered most of the rest of these questions about like the game elements but what are your thoughts when told don't look up anything about this game but you need to play it style recommendations uh depends which i say 
it depends who it comes. You gotta know who to trust, but also like once I'm in and I've committed to actually playing it, if I'm like stuck on something or whatever, I'll look it up. I don't care. Like if it's gonna prevent me from progressing or like ruin my fun if I just bash my head against a, like a, an obstacle, I'm not gonna like preserve the purity of the experience because there's no such thing as like a wrong experience with stuff like this. Oh, I would never assume that to even be what that means. I don't think that don't look up anything about this game means while playing. I feel like it, some people are like that. I think some people do believe that. Um, maybe, but I would assume it means like don't look up what the premise of this game is because it's cool and you should just discover it for yourself. I don't think there's any game that I've ever been sold on. Don't look anything up about the game. Um, I mean, I get that. They're like people have said that about Outer Wilds, right? Like games that I, have. I guess. In their I mean, like, but I feel like Outer Wilds was pitched on space exploration in a time loop. Like that's just all. That's all there is. That's what the video game is. There are people that didn't realize that there was a time loop in that game. Okay. Because like the moment that you the the world first ends is impactful if you don't know it's coming but i don't think it's like i don't think it makes out of world any worse to know that because it, it's the 20 minutes into the game it's the premise of the game yeah it's the, the game's about a time yeah. loop. the um, game does not really start until after you've seen your first loop like in a real way where you understand what you're doing and what you're being asked of you but i do i mean generally thinking i i feel like saying that is um i'm not just too strong a word but like all things are better if you just experience them right like but um well maybe not all things but i i often feel when i'm given the recommendation a little like i bet it's not that good which is not which is a little mean um i don't always yeah. i don't always I, you know i don't feel that strongly but when someone's just like oh you gotta play this rpg it's like you don't look at anything i bet it's crazy i'll go okay does this thing happen it was like when you fucking called all of the twists in um 13 sentinels, 13 sentinels yeah because there's only <laughs> those type of visual novels have six six things that happen in them and guess what 13 sentinels is all six of them right in a row one 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 uh, <laughs> so i often go that way of like when i hear that recognition i assume it means there are some crazy twists that i bet is not actually that crazy yeah um which is less to do with like the thing itself more just with how these games are talked about i guess yeah uh, but it doesn't really matter like there are definitely there are times you've said that to me and then i've played it and it's been fine like it, it de- entirely depends where it comes from if it's a youtuber saying that i'll probably be skeptical yeah i mean <laughs> there's definitely friends who are like check this thing out don't try not to look up too much about it and then i'll, I'll try to if it's someone who's like taste I, I like understand where they're coming from and why they would say that to me um when it's like Oh, the hot new anime. There's like uh, Akiba Made Wars, an anime this, this season. Then like, people were like, oh, g- g- first episode blew me away. And you were like, D- do I need to watch this and not know the premise? I was like, no, there's like one joke that people think is funny, but like you won't care when you do, if you did go and seek it out um, and told you what it was, it was fine. It, you know, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it was funny. It was a pretty good joke. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but like you don't need to discover that yourself to be like, if you had seen it yourself, you'd be like, oh, that, I'm not going to watch this show. It's it's just one gag. And uh, that was 20 minutes of my life. I'm not getting back. <laughs> yes um uh i yeah i think it really depends i think having people in your life who's, who you trust the taste of to help guide and shape you and they don't and they know how to sell things to you everyone needs things sold them differently <laughs> i'm like somebody who really needs a soft sell um get, yes, I, that... I respond negatively to overhype really easily but if my friends are just enthusiastic about a thing not in my direction i will like be like interested I'll be like, oh, what's no this thing no no that is 50, 50 you'll either be i'll oh, shut the fuck up you're really annoying or you'll be interested and it's <laughs> that's impossible true. it's impossible to tell from the outside i don't even know At, what, what determines that yeah, actually yeah. like leading you to water to try to get you to like read or watch something is uh so difficult <laughs> i mean people could just be hey check this out i think you would like it yeah, you can do that, but that just, that just goes on the infinite list. That doesn't like. Yeah, get... it depends on who asks and how often they ask, right? 
Yeah, yes, no. If there was something I really thought you wanted, you needed to play, uh, like right now, I would just say that, and then you would. Like this happened many yeah. times. Um, yeah. But there are also times I'm like, I would like you to do this, but like I don't think you really need to or would like it. I just like would like you to have experienced this thing, and those I just kind of usually let lie. No one's ever yeah. going to read um, Platinum End. Only I. Only I will read Platinum End. I mean, I might eventually, but I just we like very different types of manga typically. So I'm already like, I I don't think I'm going to like it the way you do. So it's not like I think I'm rearing to get to. I, Platinum is not very good, but I do love it. <laughs> yeah, when I'm in the mood for one of those type of manga, I do remember it exists. I will, I might. It's on my list of things to potentially pick. I just don't often go to like those manga at hand, right? And to be fair, that is that that is to circle around to this question. That manga is the peak of don't look anything up about this. Uh, <laughs> but but please enjoy it because it's not good. <laughs> Uh, it is, and when I say that, I ask me about something that is not necessarily that great. But the experience of discovering what it is is itself fun. Yeah, that means it makes a bunch of stupid choices that are delightful, in that they give you that spark of like, what the fuck is happening right now? Right, right. Because actually, because I, I feel like people often will burn that on games that they really, really like. But I go the other way. I'll go yeah. when there's a game where the, you know, that doesn't, and game or manga or whatever, you know, when there's a thing that doesn't necessarily leave me with deep feelings or anything to ruin it on other than the surface level experience of discovering what stupid thing it is yeah. those are the ones i'm generally like you should shouldn't look this up i tend to just like really undersell the things i'm really passionate about like final fantasy 8's my favorite game i don't need to sell anyone on final fantasy 8 either gonna play it or you're not i hope mm -hmm. you enjoy it i really don't like when people talk shittily about it which still happens even today um but um I'm not here to like, it doesn't need my defense. Mario 64, on the other hand, I will go to war for. <laughs> Which I, I always make fun of you for, because, oh, it's the most influential 3D game of all time. And yeah, so unfortunately, I don't hang out so, with like, so I don't hang out with Mario the restaurant's crowd, so my friends don't believe this. <laughs> uh, it's very funny to me. Yeah. Anyway. That's what I would say. Um, but like, you know, I've got into visual novels. None of that has translated into Jackson. You need to read these visual novels yet, right? No, um, but I would like to. I would like to read Fate one of these days. Yeah. Um, I'll probably read Fate tomorrow, and that's probably it. I haven't had anything I feel really strongly about yet, other than those. I'm probably not going to read World End Economica. Let's be real. Let's be real I about mean, this. I mean, I'm not it's sure. Not I'm going to, it's, it's kind of boring. I'm still plugging away at it. Um We'll see. It's it's more it's weirdly about like Christians and literacy more than it's about the stocks right now. So who knows? I don't fucking know. Visual novels. You had any science diagrams? No, not a single one. So it's better than most games. <laughs> when I when I when I heard about the science diagrams showing this kind of thing, I assumed it was about a specific visual novel and not all of them. <laughs> no. I'm like when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about like the the nonary games, I'm talking about Danganronpa, I'm talking about fate um i haven't played science gate but i know it's got a fucking science diagram we're talking about four to eight should be a scramble <laughs> i didn't realize it was this omnipresent um fucking ace attorney's got him every fucking game uh anyway uh that's it for questions again you can send them to abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com thank you so much um before we talk about our next game uh like i said it's our 90 year anniversary and it's also my birthday i i have a, i have a quest for everyone who's listening to this podcast if you're listening uh if you would like to go and rate and review this podcast it would be a big help we never ask for it and i'm like i'm gonna make an effort to try to ask for it get us and get some more reviews i'd love to have like a, 
over 100 iTunes reviews. That'd be a miracle, honestly. I don't even remember where we're at. I looked at the other week and then saw one bad review and was like bummed about it for three days. So I, I hate looking at reviews. <laughs> um, but if you enjoyed any of our shows, uh, it could be this one. It could be like repertory screenings. Go review it. If you don't have iTunes, I'm not going to ask you to download iTunes. But iTunes is the one that helps the most. Um, but if you've got any of your podcast apps, you could re- rate and review it anywhere. Uh, and we're bad about plugging and like doing the hustle. And this helps. Uh, so that's all I've got to say about that. Thank you. Someday we'll overtake the reviews of Just King Things. We will not do this. We will not do this. But this is my one-sided rivalry. I mean, I'm friends with Michael and Cam, but neither of them care that I care that beating them in these reviews. Just King Things is one of the best podcasts. I hope everyone yes. knows that we are pro Just King Things. It's not like... They're also like populist entertainment, and <laughs> both of them would laugh at the idea uh, than more than abnormal mapping, as I think. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, next month, um, this is not, it's not that we picked one and then picked another game just like it, even though we were basically doing that. We this game that, has been in the chamber was, for, yeah, months. for months. We are going to be playing Snatcher, the Hideo Kojima classic. We sure are. Yeah. Um, I think we'll both be playing the Sega CD version game. I think that's the one that's recommended. Like there is a place. Yeah, like the MSX related. one has an English version at this point, but uh, mm-hmm. everyone plays the Sega CD version, and uh, it's all in English and blah blah blah. Um, I'll be playing on my Mister Jackson. How are you playing on your Steam Deck? Maybe. You we'll know? see how we'll see how dead my computer is next week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so you got, uh, you got the, that to deal with. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, I'm really excited for that. It's a game I've been wanting to play for a while. And once you were like, we need to do games that don't require a bunch of actions this year, I was like, oh, Snatcher's going on the list then. I've always wanted to do it. So, yes. Um, that's a thing to look forward to. Uh, plugs, I guess. We're wrapping up. You can find me at headfallsoff on Twitter.com. If you want to see my posts, you can find the uh, uh, podcast we do at adnormapping.com. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. If you'd like to support our show, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping. Any amount helps. For $1, you get the great Gundam project. I'm currently watching SD Gundam Force. That got a blue re- or a, a actual home release announced like yesterday at a con in the US. Are you fucking kidding me? Does it have subtitles? Uh, no, I'm, they're not clear because it's fucking Mizomi <laughs> Entertainment. And they, I swear like, to God. We, we have the were... rights to the SD stuff. We're going to put it out, but they haven't said it like which languages or anything. So it, I... I bet you fucking money they're putting it out in English like we're watching it. That's the part that's going to be really funny. About I mean, it would be like actual labor and time to read this because no one's done. Yes. No one's done that. There's no like DVD track to, to re-release, yeah. right? Um, anyway, we're also watching Digimon Tamers. Um, for $5, you get blockbusters where every month we talk about a big Hollywood movie. We recently talked about the Pelican Brief. Uh, next month, we're talking about Knives Out, uh, which I'm really excited to talk about. And then uh, for $10, every two weeks you get VoIP Life, which is us kind of hanging out and talking about stupid shit. Most recently, we talked about Andor and Dragon Ball um, and a little bit about Steam Decks. I think next time we might be doing another. We've been <laughs> uh, Ancient Mecha in our uh, Discord has been building raiders for us to rate the aesthetics of consoles and cassettes. And I think we have our controller raider coming up, which is going to be outrageous. Uh, um, yes, uh, that'll be hard to do because I haven't. If I haven't held the controllers, I don't know what what take I can have on a controller. But I'll do my best. Yeah. Um. So look forward to that coming. If it's not next episode, it'll be the episode of that probably. Um. Anyway, that's it. Uh, tell your friends, rate and review. Like I said, uh, share this podcast after you've been listening to it. Just go to my account and hit the retweet button. You could do that. Um. That would be great because I'd love people to listen. I think this episode turned out all right. Um. Thanks everyone. Uh. 
happy birthday to me. So true. Happy birthday. Happy future birthday to Jackson, who will have a birthday by the next time we release an episode. Uh, my birthday is the day after Pokemon comes out. Damn. Happy birthday. You have Pokemon now. That's so true. Uh, we gave you the world's worst looking open world. Please enjoy. <laughs> I hate the game of post, but <laughs> I'm not here to be like, oh, game three lazy devs. I don't. No, I'm the other way. I'm the... This is the... this is where me and the game are split. We both yes. agree that the open world looks like poop from a butt, but they're like, oh, yeah. why isn't this fucking Red Dead Redemption two? And I'm like, you know what, game freak can make really well a nice roots. looking root. A root. <laughs> a Pokemon root, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway uh thanks for listening and that's it goodbye goodbye podcast done